welcome back to episode 36, I think, of the Freedman Podcast. You um, counted them. Well done. Yeah, I've been... Anyone who's been watching... You really had nothing to do, have you? <laughs> no, you'll see that my... my you, you obviously don't read the descriptions in Spotify, but sometimes I title the episode based on just a subject. Sometimes I put in the number, and I just remember that the last number I put in was 35. So that tells me that by uh, by matter of deduction, this is 36. Phil, All right. is that Look, honest, honestly, it's 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 what we've come to expect from our fearless leader is absolute consistency. <laughs> um, you know, no last minute changes to running orders, uh, no random thoughts at the beginning of the episode about different things we can do. Uh, just absolute consistency of structure and titling. Um, that's our man. Love and it, man. Well and done, this was a, welcome to international. We're celebrating. In, this was a fun one. This is international. Did you boys have fun with this? I had a lot of fun. I had. I actually had quite a lot of fun with this one. This is International Dog Day, people. So, Anonymous, this is the pod that you've been waiting for. It was Thursday last week, but this is the day (laughs) we're we're getting to it. (laughs) We've done worse. Let's be be fair here. We've done a lot worse. But I've loved it because I've managed to tie in my... My bit of news, my dad joke, my top threes, everything. Even my manly feat of the week involves a dog this week. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, very, it's not, very it's doggly. Hard, it's not a hard job when you own a dog either, I suppose. You can it was somehow a, a dogged approach to the podcast. <laughs> He's begun already. Phil. It's already on. Moving, moving right along. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be counting down our top three uh, dogs of all time, but also our worst three dogs of all time. I had more fun with the bad dogs. Got to tell you. I said it, I, and um, (laughs) it was, it's also a very special week because we've got our very first uh, craft beer guest on board. Not, not that Matt isn't a a craft beer man. He, he, of course he is, but actually owner of Bacchus Brewing in Brisbane is joining us on the podcast a little later tonight to talk everything about those special drinks um, that they've been making. And we're going to be opening up uh, Puppetry of the Peanuts uh, a little later on, which is a, a, a pastry stout. From uh, from those beautiful people, so that's that's very exciting. It's a big day, dog. But this is huge. Yeah. Can I just can I just say, considering that for the last oh, four or five weeks, you and I have consumed around twelve thousand dollars worth of Backers beer mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> across about three cases. And, Conservative um, estimate. No, there, there is there is something. Estimate. The fact that we've just adored these beers for the last few weeks, um, and you know we've been sort of spreading our wings a little bit being in lockdown you can you know you can justify a few extra bucks for a really really good beer to, to get him on i'm so excited about this i can't wait to have a chat it's very super cool um yeah. and we've got we've got also you know we've got our, our usual segments we've got you're fucking kidding me coming up we've got um it's a bad week bad week to be yeah uh, we've got hero of the week uh, and it's it's just a i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a great app let's let's rip right into it feats of manliness Phil, I mean, firstly, your, your, your first, can I nominate one feat of manliness for you, leaving your microphone at work? <laughs> um, that's, you know, forgetting something. That's, that's pretty manly. But yeah. um, forgetting, and, and, and forgetting something vitally important, Tristan. Yeah. Uh, most of. importantly, not just forgetting something, yeah. but something you really needed to not forget. Not forget, especially as we were talking about microphones all day today. But I digress. <laughs> Talked about them all day. I got home. I was making myself a meal. I thought 15 minutes till the podcast. Good times. Got your text. Uh, went to check that everything was in here and just immediately got a flash of the image of it sitting uh, <laughs> yeah. sideways, yeah. packed down. Yeah. 
uh, in the back room of mobile nose but You all remembered your Sorry. permission slips, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll end up working for the mafia as a result of that, much <laughs> like Bart Simpson. I was watching that episode the other day and absolute classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolute classic. I've been watching some of those um, old ones now and it's amazing how many jokes they're able to pack into just a couple of minutes and every single oh, one of them lands. So my manly feed of the week uh, is getting ripped, boys. Getting oh, yeah? ripped. Uh, so on. three. Here we go again. Three uh, sessions. Where are we? Since since we last spoke, three intense sessions at the outdoor gym in Sydney Park with a trainer friend of mine. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I thought to myself, I'm never going to bring my intention to do something of this nature ever again. I thought about bringing it last week as my manly feat because I booked them in, but uh, I, I figured I needed to actually do the thing before calling it this time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't pick a dojo yet, yeah. So Sydney yeah. Park, so what did you have? You run up that hill a couple of times, up and down, do laps around the, the kitty, the little road rules thing that the kids get to play on? Absolutely. Uh, you know, push me on the swings. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a merry-go-round. You know, that Double was a good one as well. Up, yep. 100 percent 100 percent coffee yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah. really strong coffee upper body lower body whole body gentlemen well Get done in. jesus yeah no i and in, in, in a month's time don't worry phil you just put that <laughs> exercise in the cupboard alongside your ukulele <laughs> your unicycle. That's right. Let's go inside your and watch key. TV. <laughs> your contraceptives. <laughs> nice one, Phil. Well, you know what? We've this is not the first time. Anyone who's been listening to this pod for a, for a while will know this is not the first time that Phil has nominated some form of strenuous exercise as his as his manly feat of the week. I'm I'm thinking dawn swimming. I'm thinking kung fu, kung fu. Yeah. But I think this time, this time it's going to stick. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do the dawn swimming, Tristan, and uh, I challenge you to do it given that you're within radius of the beach. I've had to cut that out because of the fucking five-kilometre rule. Just call me, bro. So, uh, Just call me. Yeah. I'm five k's from yeah. a beach too. I'm not going to get up and go out and splash around like an idiot. Your beach, right. your beach you're talking about Botany Bay? It, it's the only way to live, boys. <laughs> the only way to, well, maybe not in Botany Bay, though. <laughs> I mean, I've... I could jump off at the Glebe foreshore, but it's going to be a bit filthy. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree. All right, Adzo, you are, firstly, again, before you start, yes. you are looking unbelievable. This is what boredom will do to you, my friend. So this is what lockdown week 10 will do. Adam has, <laughs> Adam's, Adam's making the case for why we should be telecasting our pod because he has, col- I believe he's colored his beard. He's trimmed his beard. He's yep. shaved his head clean. On. He's yep. got a his studio light is right above his head, so he looks like this, he has a halo. <laughs> he that was unplanned. Adonis like, wouldn't you say, Phil? Uh, look, Tristan, I'm just going to take a take a screenshot snip of this right now. Yeah, um, please, because this needs to go on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, we're going to get thousands more followers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got it. persuasion. Yep, I've got yes. it, and um, yeah, that's that's not a good look, Adzo, but it is a good look uh, simultaneously. <laughs> I managed to, managed to capture a very special moment there. We'll put that up on the Twitter because, um, yeah. look, honestly, women will want him and men will want to be him. Mm, perfectly uh, that's what's That's what's happening here, and uh, I'm a little disconcerted by it, but uh, I can only hope that I'll acclimatize <laughs> it's just uh, to the it's level a... of heat in this room. 
It's a situation where there's not a lot to do every day and I just happen to be the one getting the groceries. So I thought, fuck it. I'll get myself a little color, see what happens, and uh, and this is what happened. It's I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not upset with the with the outcome. This is quite no, nice. No, I'm not either. It's mm. uh, it's actually nice to look at. I now I'm looking forward. <laughs> to... Now, Azo, uh, that was so that wasn't your manly feat, please. No, that wasn't my manly feat, and I'm actually glad that this happened to me this week. It being our dog cast and all, because my manly mm. feat this week is I saved a dog. Talk to so, me. A little backstory. Now, we have a Kelpie, as you know, Buddy, regular guest of the podcast. And anyway, being a Kelpie, we end up walking him twice a day, around 60 to 90 minutes in total every single day. And what this means is we end up knowing every single dog owner in about a three-suburb radius. We see them in the park, see them down the street. So anyway, I see uh, this one dog, Shiloh, who's this beast of a non-de-sexed Labrador, suddenly gets loose of his owner and starts bolting towards West Botany Street, which is the busiest road in town. Now, I just dropped everything and took off. I managed to get in front of him and then convinced him to just stay while I stood in the middle of West Botany Road, arms out, blocking cars, until finally he decided not to continue his run into traffic. (laughs) I managed to get my arms around him, hold him tight until his owner caught up and took over. So yeah, preventing a dog from running into traffic, helping out a fellow dog owner, Blocking cars, saving the day, got to say, felt pretty manly. That's pretty impressive, champ. Honestly, Adzo, what you're telling me, and with that beautiful extra bit of detail there, is that you saved a big, bald Labrador from uh, from certain death. Definite certain death. Don't know where you got bald yeah. from. That's me. Uh, the, the no, 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 big, as in big, as in big gonads. Oh, big balls uh, on the lab, yeah. You said he was non-desexed, right? So, so basically, basically, he's packing... Um, and, uh, but you were, he's packing, but you were packing more, yeah, right? True. Because true. you threw yourself into traffic to save that dog and his balls. Yeah, I did. I did. I saved the day. And you know what? The owner didn't even need to thank me. We were all, we were all keeping our distance at the time. He sort of gave me a little wave and, you know, Shiloh ran over and that was the end of it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it just, it felt good. It felt good to look out for someone else, even if it is a big, stupid animal. Look, that's honestly the manliest feat any of us has achieved in this entire time. So I'm going to have to start throwing myself into dangerous situations to one up you, um, which is, which is only the way that it should be. I honestly feel like heroics of that level is, is uh, should be getting a six pack of Bacchus from, uh, from the dog's owner, quite frankly, not just a polite wave, but these are the COVID times we live in. Civility yes. has gone out the fucking window. Oh, I'd say this is your week today, this week. I'm I'm in awe of you, my friend. You look amazing. You're a hero. Uh, yep. Thanks, hero boys. Of the, hero of the week. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> right here. Honestly, we thought we were going to replace him on the podcast. We're going to have to because he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's upgrading himself way too much, T-Man. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wrap up the intro of the show. So my feat of manliness actually came today when my four-year-old told me, uh, on on the way to dropping him at school, that um, now he's been he's got, been getting into the habit of crawling into uh, Lindy and I's bed in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Um, but on the way to school today, he told me, "Daddy, when I come into the bed, will you please go into my bed because your snoring scares me." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so amazing. So, so shit. <laughs> so I cracked it. I mean, I really cracked it. I was just I just thought it was hilarious. Not cracked it in a bad way. I just laughed my yeah. ass off. That's and, pretty good. Um, and asked him. Now, he almost outdid that. Actually, this is just a very, very late addition. But he almost outdid that. Mateo, 
did a poo this evening. That was the biggest turd I have ever seen child or adult. All I can think (laughs) of is Stan in, uh, you know, is, uh, is, um, Stan. Like Sharon, Sharon, thing. Sharon, Lindy, <laughs> Lindy, come and look at this thing. It was it. I, I, he came. He came. So he he likes to do it by himself. And then he came in because he's just been learning to use the toilet. Yeah. And I was actually in here. I was I was doing some work. And he comes and goes, Daddy, come and have a look. I'd made a donut, and I went in, and I like literally a, a little bit of a tear came from my <laughs> not from the and not from the smell. It was just I looked at this thing and I went, Wow, this is that's my boy. It yeah. was impressive. So that almost overtook my. It was in the toilet, which is fantastic. That means you don't <laughs> have to deal with that. <laughs> that was the biggest. That was no, but you know, by 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 uh, by scaring my child through my snoring, I felt like that doesn't get more manly than that. No, um, you scared I, the shit out of him. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> start done. the show. Start the from show. The, on that note, from the fat team to you, this is the Freedman Podcast. Strap in, Dylan. Hero of the week, dad joke of the week. Before we uh, before we talk to Ross and uh, get into our chats about Bacchus, um, should I start? Yeah, why not? All right, far away, team. Well, you said I had to wait till this week, so I am waiting till this week. And I thought that uh, you know, it, I don't want to be too obvious, but man, I got to tell you, the athletes of the Paralympics. Yes. Um, I mean, shit. These guys. All right, here's the downside of these guys being the hero of the week. And well, this is actually why they are the hero of the week because mm. they make me feel so pathetic. So these are people who have have. <laughs> so I'm actually angry at them. I'm so, sure that's their intention. <laughs> these are people who have come overcome adversity, have you know they're missing limbs or they've grown up with severe you know disabilities or you know yeah. you know they're blind or they and here they are compare, competing at an international level. And here I am putting fantasy golf tipping competitions together. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, I give them my zero of the week, actually, for making me feel... No, look, I, <laughs> I, 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 I have to say that I, I got to say, watching, watching the Paralympics, it's awesome. Um, reading about some of these sports and... You know, and, and actually what's truly special about the Paralympics, you know, more so than the Olympics in a way, is watching it with my seven-year-old who mm-hmm. is seeing mm-hmm. uh, 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 people. And it's funny, Kobe has this very perfected view. Like he, he gets so upset if there's any imperfections in anything, you know. He, right. he really okay. gets really anal about stuff. It's quite funny. So when mm-hmm. he sees like someone in a pool missing an arm, or someone you know, came up to me today and said, Daddy, see this, her, her hand is backwards. Or ask me these questions. It's actually such an powerful educational tool, particularly for the youth, to show mm, them that, mm. you know, there are imperfections that are out there. Well, maybe that's the wrong term. You know, they, they probably don't see it as that. You know, It's, that, that's, it's adversity. I think you can yeah, call it adversity. that. adversity. Which is so, well you know, and truly being overcome at the moment. It, and it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. So you know, I don't probably don't need to say much more. I, I you know, I've been watching watch quite a few rounds of the goalball. I mean, these guys are blind, and or no, they're they're they're, they're or they're at least you know partially blind. They're but they all have blind, to wear the yeah. covers over, yeah, yeah, and their eyes, and they play a game based on sound and movement. It's 
Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I think what's also just as awe inspiring other other if if I don't feel belittled about my own achievements in life, yeah. I feel guilty about the fact that I'm not doing things like these people who aren't necessary who don't necessarily have any disabilities, helping out all these people. You know, looking at all the teams, the staff, helping these gold ball teams. I'm thinking, that's so meaningful. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's that's where I should be. And then I just go back to playing Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah. I should be there, but Mario Golf starts in 15 minutes. I'm just happy that there's some people out there doing that work, and that makes me feel good on the inside. So to the Paralympians of all nations, my hat's Everyone off to involved. you. Yeah, yeah. Look, I just feel like, you know, if, we, if we'd if we been capable of getting them on the pod and, and they'd been answering their manly feat of the week, it would be like, well, you know, my manly feat of the week was that I lost my legs three years ago and uh, I got these implants and now I'm the fastest man alive um, <laughs> running races and winning at the Olympics after that horrific thing happened to me. And I guess you could call that manly. And then you go to the next person and it's like, well, I've, I've dedicated my life to helping uh, handicapped people realise their greatest potential uh, and compete in such things as the Olympics and really support them. And that's my manly feat of the week. And it's like, and, and, and what's your manly feat of the week, Phil? Oh, yeah, I worked out three times this week, and that's extraordinary <laughs> for me. The pool's um, really cold this week. and A hundred percent. It's like, oh, you, you, yeah, your your benchmark just gets completely thrown back into piece of shit territory. So Completely thrown um, back. Well, you guys yeah. know that I come yeah. from a big, like a big table tennis family. Like my cousin was over there playing table tennis in the Olympics. Did you guys see? I don't know, Adzo. You haven't mentioned that much over the last five <laughs> weeks or so. But uh, honestly, Ibrahim hammered too. Uh, who's the mm. Egyptian table tennis player, has no arms. Mm. And he plays with the bat in his mouth and he throws the ball up with his feet. And he lost his arms at the age of 10 and did not let that slow him down. He just, you know, he 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 plays. He plays any way he can, which is with a bat in his mouth. Unbelievable thing to see. And this guy plays incredible level table tennis. It's phenomenal. So yeah, I get what you mean. I get I get a, a cold sore and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going outside for the next four weeks, but this guy's yep. out there making it happen. It's amazing. I often think like, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, especially at the Olympic level here, you know, them facing adversity, using that as a challenge to step up to the to to this, you know, new chapter of their lives. And I always think like, yeah, that that makes total sense. Like if you're you've thrown those conditions, you hear these stories, but then I realize they're probably the, they're very much the exceptions, not the rules. And then I think about like if that happened to me, I'd probably like look for a quick Deliveroo sponsorship and like maybe a Sony PlayStation sponsorship. And it's yeah. like if I lost the use of my legs and I couldn't do much, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess I just eat and play video games for the rest of my life. That's <laughs> As I, opposed you know, to now. <laughs> So was he your Hero of the Week nominee or did you have another one? No, 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 no. See, um, oh, come on, ads, bring it home. Hold your uh, pause because I found a Hero <laughs> of the Week on theme. Oh, dear Lord. And, uh, and this week it goes out to Cooper, the six-year-old great Pyrees lab mix who swam through raging floodwaters in Tennessee to where a young autistic boy was desperately holding onto a wall and then stayed with him, battered and injured until rescuers were able to get to their aid saving them both now the uh the vet clinic that treated him has dressed him up for his photo he's wearing a little tie i'm gonna have to put this one up on the twitter feed he looks fantastic because he's just such a big a big brave boy and Mm -hmm. uh you know certainly he's mine but i certainly i'm I'm also kind of hoping he's our hero of the week yeah he's he's probably gonna he's probably front runner at this stage uh given the theme (laughs) and yet 
He's front runner, and and yet Phil steps up to the penalty spot, oh, taking no. oh. a long run up. Just oh, you Phil. wait, just you go, wait, boys. Go, My Phil. hero of the week this week is Jerry fucking Harvey. Oh, so yes. I don't know if you oh, saw, saw the news today. Yes, I did see this. Yeah. Old, old Santa Claus Jerry fucking Harvey has delivered six million dollars of JobKeeper money back to the federal government, and doesn't he deserve such a wonderful backslap for that? I mean, never mind the fact that. They recorded record profits, and never mind the fact that he was given $22 million, he's given sticks back, uh, which sounds like classic fucking Jerry Harvey negotiating as well. $50? What do you want $100 for? <laughs> $150 is outrageous. So, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is what we're dealing with. So, so uh, you know, Australia's Santa Claus is my hero of the week. Do you know what's funny about that? Do you know what's funny about that article? I didn't actually click on it, and I... And I and I didn't know the full detail about. I, I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, but yes. I, I I didn't know the full. I couldn't remember the full figures. But when I saw the headline saying, Har, you know, Harvey Norman giving back six million dollars straight away, I was just like, that doesn't seem like enough. I know that <laughs> yep. they've been doing like that. Yep. Just seems like a puff piece somehow. Like, yeah, I don't know how the media spun it. Did they spin it in a way that like this is terrible? Did they spin it so that he looked like the hero that he was? Middling. Yeah, middling. middling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, middling. Playing they didn't, the they didn't do a full hero because I don't think they could get away with that. But, of course, he does so much advertising. They we don't agree with his government policing policy, but we yes. do agree with his uh, with his advertising policy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And, and honestly, even as it came out of my mouth, I realised Australian furniture retailers come up all too fucking often in this segment. Uh, but do. You know, these are the times we live in. <laughs> By the way, Adzo, Nick Scarley's having a sale, so you might want to get in get on that. Get out. <laughs> Is it 30% off? They're not closing down, are they? <laughs> okay, so so let's consider here for a moment. Who do you think would win in a fight um, between a normal-sized Nick Scarley and oh, 50 God. tiny Jerry Harveys? <laughs> I love it. All right. I will understand the reference of that. If you don't know yeah. it, you should be listening to our pod for longer. Shame on you. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, so all right. to the dog, right? Yeah, we're giving it to the dog. Congratulations, Good. Cooper. We're giving, we're giving it to the dog, Jerry Harvey. He a dog. All right. Uh, dad joke of the week. Um, my, my one's actually not uh, – I, I actually, mine's not a joke. It's actually oh. true. This is actually oh. terrifying. Yeah. Is it actually more of a story, Tristan? Is that <laughs> No, it's more not a, it's not a story. It's actually true. And and this is yeah. what was so weird about it. Um I I read that um, you know, we obviously just had the Olympics and the North North Korean athletes it's actually quite beautiful. Like everyone thinks like Kim Jong il or Kim Jong un is hard lined. It's he's actually not true. Like he's quite, you know, he comes down on people who don't perform. Yeah. Anyone who fails to win a gold medal in the in the Olympics, um, they actually have a chance to win gold medals in the next Paralympic Games if you're a North Korean. Okay. So it's That's quite amazing. Horrific. That's a horrific joke. <laughs> Tristan. Tristan. That is You're a horrible human being. <laughs> it's quite that is simultaneously awful and amazing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ross is like, oh, I shouldn't have been on this podcast. <laughs> I, love, right. I love, I just love the fact that Tristan's like just bringing 
bringing his B game to the jokes for weeks. He doesn't even show up with a joke sometimes and then just, you know, he do, he decides to go in two-footed and studs up and he really hits home when he does. I got the red card. I got, yeah. I got the straight yeah. red card. I latrelled it. You did. You Mitchelled it. I Mitchelled it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I guess, boys, on, on my side, um, just a little update, that uh, my wife has begged me to stop making police-related puns. I said, okay, I'll give it a rest. Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's even better when it makes ads are angry. Oh, God. Look, I tr- I've tried to stay on theme once again. <laughs> Uh, and thankfully, we had I had another opportunity here uh, to not just tell a joke, but actually a true story. Now, my uncle, uh, as you may remember, he used to live on a farm, and he had this uh, incredible dog that he used to round up round up his sheep. And this dog could actually speak, and that was the most wow. amazing thing. I was over there one wow. Christmas one year, and the dog walks in and he goes, "All right, I've moved forty sheep from the bottom field to the top field with the grasses longer." And my uncle says to him, "Hey, hang on, Bluey, we've only got thirty-seven sheep." Then Bluey, he winks at me and he goes, yeah, I rounded them up. <laughs> uh, pretty good, with Bluey. The- you know what kind of breed he was? A labracadabrador. Oh, God, not that again. Not that again. Um, that's that's solid, Adzo, but uh, but it is as, is it as solid as, uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but a buddy of mine named his dog Five Miles so that he could tell his tell people that he walked his dog five miles. Uh, but today yeah. he, but today he ran over five miles. Oh! <laughs> and on that, uh, Ross Kendrick from Backers Brewing. It's a very exciting, uh, a very exciting moment for the pod. Uh, we are, ah, oh, Phil, cracking straight into it, huh? <laughs> Couldn't even wait. Waste no time. Look at him. Like Pavlov's <laughs> fucking dogs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are, we are honoured to uh, to have on the podcast uh, Ross Kenrick, who is the uh, the owner, the founder of Bacchus Brewing in Brisbane. Ross, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Oh, very excited. To- have you um tristan and i've been really enjoying a few of your beers for the last few weeks so getting a chance to have a chat it's uh, really exciting and look it's it's been really good the inspiration that bacchus has provided to get these boys investing in in high quality beers instead of <laughs> dogecoin for once hey um, <laughs> and frankly we're getting a lot more value out of it time's gonna tell <laughs> <laughs> To say I, I think I am getting more value out of it. So, uh, so no, so, so this is kind of a lovely train of events. So Matt Brown from the Craft Beer Crew, he introduced us to, well, you know, sort of opened our eyes to the world of Bacchus. Uh, from there, um, we've obviously been talking about it on the, on the page, but also on the pod. Uh, and then, you know, Ross and I, we've, we've connected. And so now we've got you here. So, so thank you. And um, talking from a lockdown Sydney, uh, and looking at a at a very typical Queensland veranda, or, or what, what do you call that? A, is it a patio? Is that a pool room? Yeah, what is that? No, it's just a patio bar. A patio bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <little> perfect. Um, <laughs> conversely, from my child's bedroom. Um, so it, it, I'm feeling a little jealous right now. 
Um, but let look before we go before we have a chat. I'm just going to quickly jump into the beer that we're we're drinking tonight, and I'm going to open it as well as Phil has already done. Um, we are drinking your puppetry of the peanuts. Careful, how you say that. Sour. Yep. Uh, <laughs> very careful. Which is a healthy. Um, another Brisbane uh, guest on our pod, uh, Max Higgins. He uh, introduced to us to the term standos when we talk about beers. <laughs> And there's nothing standard about a beer that packs 4.3 standos into one 375 mil can. So uh, this is shaping up to be a fun Friday night, uh, Ross. So thank you. (laughs) I didn't see until I got home that this is 14.6%. It's like I, I remember working in the bar world years back and like you'd get people coming in going, give me the spirit with the highest possible alcohol content. You'd go with Citrus or Bacardi 151 (laughs) or something like that. This is the Bacardi 151 (laughs) of beers. So uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time tonight, gentlemen. So it looks like, look, while we, while we open this and pour it into glasses, uh, Ross, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about who, who, who you, what, what made you start Bacchus um, and, and what's, the, what's the journey been like? Yeah, well, we actually took over Bacchus, to be honest, uh, oh. 11 years ago. It was uh, just a small uh, brew-on-premise type establishment, if you know what they are, mm-hmm. where they just mm-hmm. basically brew cheap beer for the public. Um, but it was the first and only one for a long time, all-grain one in Australia. So normally the raw premises just brew from syrup. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but they decided to do it from grain. Unfortunately, I guess it really didn't work for them. Hmm. And after five years, uh, they were basically calling it a day at a point where I was looking. I'd set up uh, Craft Brewer, which is a brew shop supplying brewing supplies. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. looking for new premises just at the time that they were about to fold. Uh, so all of a sudden, I got offered a brewery pretty well on the cheap and literally came home and told my wife I'd bought a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> well, here on, the, here on the Freedman podcast, we do try to talk about what is the definition or even the redefinition of masculinity, of manliness. But I think just picking up a brewery <laughs> on the cheap and then going home and telling your missus about it is pretty close to the perfect definition of what I really hope to be as a man. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 the uh, the manliest feat of the pod so far, boys. Um, all of our ice, you know, icy swims, yeah, all of Adzo's housework and dog washing. But this guy just went, you know what? I'm just going to go and buy a brewery. Yeah. The thing that I love about that too is you've got those people, and you know, like you say, all the other brewers that did this brew pub thing were all brewing from from syrup, and so these guys, they're like, no, I'm, we're going to do it from grain, and it's like. When you're the person who looks at what everybody else is doing and goes, no, I'm going to do it that other way, you either end up being the genius or the idiot. <laughs> One of the two. I think their problem was their brewmaster, who was the obviously the, the all-grain guy, I think they had a bit of a split and he walked out. So Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Left, he left the couple who financed it all, uh, left holding the baby, mm. and they really didn't have a clue what they were doing. So we we did take on a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, at a time where there were there was only one craft outlet in Brisbane, which right. was Archive oh, wow. Beer Boutique. Oh yeah, classic. classic. That was the, there was no small bar license, and they, they were the right? only single craft bar in Brisbane. How many are there now? What, 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 out of interest? Oh. I don't know what the numbers are, but but it's it's it's, it's exploded, right? I think, yes, there'd be there'd be countless now, right? Fun fact: like 
boys, when Archive came out, it was a revelation in Brisbane to have a yeah. to have a bar of that nature that had all these different beers. Mm. Um, and most importantly, they also did a fifteen dollars steak night that had a blue cheese sauce. It was like <laughs> nothing I'd ever tasted before, as the as the uh, you know Sunshine Coast based yokel that I was. So uh, yeah, it's a good time. Russ, Russ, good time. Uh, generally conversations for Phil come come back towards a meat eating experience, <laughs> um, whether it be a steak, whether it be ribs. He was it's extremely excited. Now, can you can you uh, can you confirm this, Matt? Uh, on on a pod a couple of weeks ago, said that you guys start maybe maybe you had a beer that contained kangaroo meat in it, or was brewed from kangaroos. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So it was Amazing. called. Uh, it was a red lager. Is that because you were running out of hops. <laughs> and it was called. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a... Well, even worse, the beer was called Ularu. R double O. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> nice. So the color, the color of Ed's rock, and. Uh, yeah. It's called Uluru. Okay. And was it was it called a red ale because there was an entire red kangaroo in there? Like, is that <laughs> you know they talk about yeah. like the big well, we actually used a, it's bone a, dust and all a, a company that uh, powders meats. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was actually a, a powdered kangaroo meat. So we we've done a few different meat ones. You know, we've done the pour and twenty meat pie beer. Wow. I can't imagine there's a there's a huge market for powdered meats um, in, you know, in the human consumption world, but you've, just, you've turned it into a drink and I, I love it. I'm, I'm ready to give it a go. Look, look, Adzo, you, you've got to understand in, in, in regional Australia, it's not the white lines that you do. It's the, uh, it's the meaty ones. <laughs> but, but anyway, we're, we're going off on a tangent. So we, we, we come back to the founding of Bacchus. And so you've taken over a brewery on the cheap. You've let your missus know, uh, after the fact, hey, uh, <laughs> well, literally the from the phone call to doing the deal uh, was yeah. probably only about two hours. Mm. Wow, fucking hell! Yeah, I say bold. Queenslanders are fast. Yeah. That's, that's that's impressive, bold. Ross. Yeah, yeah. So, right. what was the okay? So you've you've taken over this brewery. You've gone shit. What have we done? But this is awesome. Um, what what were your first beers that that you released um, after you took over? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I would think just probably our American Pale Ale, which is still on tap today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the earliest. Um, our Queensland Ale, which is our biggest selling beer, was one of the very first beers we did. We brewed it for the um, uh, Taste of Queensland uh, Festival uh, at really? South Bank. But, yeah, I'd have to actually look back to see the <laughs> very first brews. Oh, and probably one of the very first also would have been our Obama IPA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Borderline yes, the first black IPA in Australia. <laughs> there may have been someone before. I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> we actually brewed it down at the Wigan Pen yep. uh, before, just before Bacchus opened. Um, and it was being brewed for Obama's visit to actually be served to him. Fantastic. So it was, uh, it was an interesting one. Richard from the Wigan Pen asked me to come down and... And the thing was, as we were brewing it, this is no word of a lie, mm. the news broadcast came out that he had cancelled his trip oh, no. uh, to Australia uh, while we were actually mashing it in. So you, you, fished, so. you fished the echidna out at that point, did you? You're like, not you, Get the woman out of there. <laughs> it's like the Australian version of pardoning a turkey. Um, and so was it called Bacchus when you bought it? Or is that, is that a name that came later? No, it was called Bacchus, and to be honest, I sort of, even though I think it's a really good, strong name, um, 
I looked upon it as being a wine name. Mm. And from that point of view, I was yeah. really, really looking to rename it because I didn't really want to. Because it's a the god of wine, isn't wine. it? Bacchus is the god of wine. He is, but I was at a uh, conference um, and one of the American beer historians was uh, talking at it. And it just happened to come up in his talk about the history of beer and that Bacchus was the original god of beer and debauchery. Oh, okay. So there you go. All of a oh, sudden, man, that's, this, that's this kind of name has to stay. <laughs> wow. When we, were, yeah. when we were a bit younger, when we'd have a big, uh, a big boozy party, we'd often call it a Bacchanalia or a Bacchanal, and that was sort of like a nod to Bacchus himself. And it was like getting rowdy, getting boozy. And, uh, and now here we are. I'm in my 40s, and I'm, I'm, I've come full circle. And I'm like, can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when did you – okay. So let's jump to probably a little bit more recently. Now, you guys pump out delicious flavoured and different flavoured beers on the reg. I mean, as I, I think I said before, it's it's a little bit cruel because I think I just received uh, a case of your beers. Mm. You send out another email and I go, oh, I want all of those now <laughs> as well. When did you switch to... What 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 was the point at which you switched to? All right, we can do some really interesting stuff with beer. When did that all start, and how did it start? I'm really fascinated pretty, by that. Pretty well from the start, because our brewery, because it was designed as a sort of brew on premise for the public, you know, they're all little fifty liter batches. Um, yeah. But all the vessels are all linked together. So if we brew the same beer on every vessel, we end up with sort of six hundred liters of finished beer, which mm-hmm. is a you know, fairly typical for a small brewery. Um, but we can brew six different beers at once. Right. And we can brew up to twice a day. So we can technically knock out 12 different kegs in a day. Pretty big day, but, um, <laughs> you know, so we've always been able to do sort of single batches. And, you know, we ran the brew store, so always keen to trial new hops and what was happening. And people would want advice on their brewing. Yeah. Uh, so the only way you really learn is is by brewing different things. Give so we've literally done it from day so how one. Does, how does that how does that work? Do you have a team of, of of brewers? Do you guys sit down sort of at the beginning of the week and kind of decide, oh, this would be interesting, or yeah, where do you get your inspiration it's cheap this from? week? And <laughs> yeah, exactly, we we have a team of three brewers. So a head brewer and his assistant, and a guy now that looks after all our canning and um, design work, I guess. Um, pretty well the beer creations are probably 98% myself. Quite often these days, I mean, we, you know, if we come up with a good idea for a name, a name is probably harder to come up with than the actual beer. Uh, so if someone comes across a good name, we get quite excited. <laughs> and then a bit, bit of searching the internet to check someone else hasn't already used it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Always, always a disaster when you find that a beer it's <laughs> already been done by six other people it's the chicken and the egg my friend yeah. so yeah, yeah. You, you, when, you're you, when you get a new one and the obviously puppetry of the peanuts was a fairly recent <laughs> one and to find that no one had uh, jumped on that bandwagon uh, we were pretty happy uh, look, i jumped on to have a look at the father's day specials and i saw Domango unstrained and i'm like well when you come up with a name that good you just have to go ahead and make it don't you <laughs> you start yeah. with a name you and work buy it, don't you? a lot of our beers have come from us doing you know themed events at yeah. the brewery okay uh, so celebrating 25 years uh, from the release of pulp fiction so we came yeah. up with you know twenty Tarantino inspired beers. Oh wow! So yes. I will literally talk about that. 
literally sit down for an evening with Wikipedia and quotes from <laughs> movies, and I'll just look through every name looking for any possible way I could use that name as a tie-in to a beer name. So could you get all 20 of those, at, like, were they available around the same time or did you release sort of six and six? I'm just thinking I've got this no, vision of 20 in the suitcase from Pulp Fiction that, uh, you know, you never see what's day. inside it and that would be the way to sell it. Forget your big mm. your case, put it in the suitcase, charge 400 bucks and uh, I'd buy one. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. I mean, a lot of our releases are themed from, uh, you know, days like that. Yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, all the Tarantino ones. And that was probably one of the events where I reckon we had the most consistently good beers across all the taps because I literally designed those 20 beers and the names in about a day. So it's, it's wow. pretty that's, full on. That's quite amazing because I was thinking to myself, you can do up to 12 beers in a day. And, by the way, 12 kegs of different variety in a day, I mean, that is a Bacchus himself would be proud. Um, I was just trying to think to myself who that, that other god in that one is, and it's Dionysus. Oh, yep. Um, so Dionysus would be proud as well, basically the Greek god of partying. Um, having a great old time, but I, I, I'm just loving the idea that you can brew 12 different beers in a day, but there's no way you could come up with that many names in a day. <laughs> and so the, the, the slowdown in production is coming up with, uh, coming up with clever names. Um, but well done on Puppetry of the Peanuts. It's a great name, and the tagline writes itself. It's you know Puppetry of the Peanuts. It's great in and around your mouth. And let's 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 just quickly jump back to the beer of of, of this evening. Uh, it's fantastic. I am really enjoying this. It, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not having you on because you're on the pod. Uh, I'm quite happy for you to be honest. It's not. A- no, no, <laughs> I and I will. I, I, as I said, I think I think. Look, to, my, to be honest, the, the Helsinki Nights. Stout was was one of my favorite drinks I've ever had. It was for me. It was yeah. like a mint slice. I know Adam, you didn't say. Think I didn't the get same. the mintiness out of it, but I adored it. Yeah, saying before we started recording to Ross uh, that you know of all of the ones I you know that we've had, I've loved every single one of them except uh, the peanut brittle goza, and I was excited to try this one because it's another variant of the peanut idea, and I am adoring this one. It is. It's yeah, just right. very good. It's something about it, and, yeah. and you know, like we've said before, this is the kind of drink you're not going to sit down and smash down three or four of these. I will quite comfortably, you know, sip and enjoy this over the next half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. And that's the benefit. I mean, yeah, sure, it's four and a half standard drinks. And if I have to, I'm going to be on my ass anyway. But uh, it's just that lovely slow sipper. And that's the thing I'm finding more and more about the Bacchus Drops. It's, uh, yeah, that lovely slow drink. Did you, do you, did you, obviously you would have had this. Did, would you, did you rate this one? I mean, yeah, you can, I'm sure, again, you'd probably be brutally honest about your own beers. Did you, this one seems to have been around for a little bit. So, like, is it popular? And is it a rebrew? Is it? A lot of our beers, I think our lower alcohol beers have, probably better flavor so this one is the pastry stout version mm. of our snickers chocolate ale which actually came out with puppetry together today um so people can try you know the, the beer and the beer that was inspired by it um so basically yeah the snickers one is a sort of six percent but as everybody's got into these big pastry stouts more and more people have asked us to you know brew these big thicker beers yeah mm. You know, I personally probably prefer generally to drink the smaller ones. Yep. I'm not mm. a massive fan of pastry stouts, despite the fact we make a shitload oh, of them. A shitload <laughs> of them. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely you do. Um, but it's still, to me, all about getting the right balance in a beer. 
uh, to sit and enjoy it. So well, that's really what right. I'm hearing yeah. is that puppetry of the peanuts is a kind of uh, thicker, sturdier liquid in your mouth. <laughs> Correct. <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> uh, as opposed that's to the other one. What's the, uh, I have to ask, what's the Snickers one called? It is just called Snickers Chocolate Ale. Really? So when, so when we decided to brew an Imperial Pastry Stout version of it, uh, we're trying to get away... I guess from trademarked names, yep. Yep. Um, you know, because potential issues down the track. I mean, we've had you know a couple of cease and desists, and uh, I'm going to ask you about that. Careful about <laughs> it these days. Um, so I was just really sat at home trying to come up with something with peanuts. The train of thought that got me to it, but when I suddenly came up with it, uh, I got extremely excited. Then a quick furtive search online to make sure <laughs> there wasn't half a dozen of them in the states already. And so really what I'm hearing is you worked it over and you worked it over and then you came oh, up Phil. with it. Um, that's my last one, I promise. That's, that's my last one. <laughs> I, think Phil, I think Phil gets away with it because they're both Brisbane boys. I see. I will so never, I think it's okay. I, I, I will never apologise for who I am. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> they never change. Right. Absolutely not. But um, but in, in, in all seriousness, so so are you able to name a couple of those cease and desist orders? <laughs> This one, we uh, we had our beer called the Kraken. Oh, yeah, like the rum, yeah. Yeah, so they sent us a nice nice fine and uh, told us uh, to desist. So I had a look around. At that time, there were 150 Kraken beers on untapped from yep. different people around right. the world. Yeah. And Kraken, I checked the trademarks, and they've trademarked Kraken all around the world, um, which I never really realised. And uh, basically, they're um, legal guys, uh, someone had been employed, basically, I think, to crack down yeah. on all the Kraken beers. Maybe that's how they make their money. Just because I've, you know, I've so. never bought a bottle of Kraken spiced rum, but, you know, they're, they're everywhere. So they're making money. Oh, yeah. and it's just these cease and desist. I just like that they hired a Kraken for a crackdown. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. A crack team of lawyers. <laughs> there are a few There are a few beers where I've kind of, that I've picked up of yours. You know, there's the Sabre Staff uh, Red IPA. It has the little nod to the the, the Darth Maul lightsaber. And there's the uh, the Tobler Ale, which I think has the, the Toblerone, at least a light-looking logo. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did wonder that. Yeah, to- Tobler Ale, uh, yeah, could be a slightly riskier one, I guess. <laughs> and and our, our guy who does the artwork couldn't resist in... Uh, Putting the little mountain and yep. what have you on there? Yeah. Does he look at you? Does he go? Does he go? Hey, Ross, you're telling me that I'm I have no I have no um no. rights to just put on a mountain from Switzerland on here? Is he like? I <laughs> guess I, I don't know that it looks like a logo. It's, it's a mountain in Switzerland. The Toblerone, the Toblerone logo. I don't know if you realise actually has the image of a bear in the mountain. Yep. yep. It does, yeah. Uh, so that was our uh, graphics guy. A bit of fun. If you look at our total rail, he's actually put my head. Oh, and oh, oh, nice. oh, that's very clever. I need to look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to look that up again afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I also awesome. like, I, I, I could feel like the process, like the fact that you're a brewer means that you would get a little bit risky with some of the names because sober you might not go that far. But by the time you're actually signing off the labels, you're probably about four deep on the new beer and you're like, fuck it. It tastes like a Tobler Ale. Fuck them. I'm doing it. My retainer's all paid up. Let's do this. <laughs> well, we, we, set, we set out to mimic the Tobler Ale. It wasn't a case of making a beer and thinking, oh, this tastes like Tobler Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually set out to create Tobler in a beer. 
Uh, and I reckon that's one of our best specialty beers in there recent times. I think the flavours in it are just absolutely nailed. I love it. Well, we had we had one of those East, didn't we, T-Man? Yeah. That was, yeah, it was really, yeah, really good. Yeah, absolutely we did. Now, Ross, I need to ask you a question. And, and the boys sort of were like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, is this really something you're going to do? Um, it is International Dog Day. Uh, well, you know, we're celebrating International Dog Day from last week. What do you think about the idea of a beer for dogs? Like a drink that is kind of, you'd call it a dog. Obviously, it's not beer. But, you know, who, who, what kind of man or woman doesn't want to just give an, share a beer with a dog? But, you know, you don't want to share an alcoholic beer. What do you reckon? Bacchus, dog beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Brew Dog have already done it. Oh, there, See, there you go. It's just like everything. You know, this is why I don't try. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they have done an unalcoholic beer for dogs. Oh, well, there you go. So, so they've done a non-alcoholic beer for dogs, but there could be a niche in making a beer that's dog-flavoured from powdered dog. Um, <laughs> you I mean, are a horrible man. It's, 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 it's I'm so sorry. It's probably not going to go so well in Australia, but, uh, you know, the sales in Vietnam might be through <laughs> oh, the roof. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think Phil just wants to do that because he wants to actually one thing I did want to ask you, which is linking to sort of what Phil's saying in the Simpsons, there's a part where they've got the dog inside the beer vat and they say needs more dog when they're tasting it. It doesn't need more dog. At any point, did you, when there was kangaroo in the vat, did you ever put a ladle in there, have a drink and go needs more roux? (laughs) (laughs) I really hope so. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, it, it, it had more than enough room in it. Oh my god! <laughs> actually, Matt. Now question. Matt said. Matt said the beer itself didn't really taste like meat, and I'm interested. Like the four and twenty that you said as well, the, the meat pie beer. Did it? Would you say that it had a flavour of meat, it's got or that, that it tasted similar? Kind of flavour. Oh, the, the meat pie one definitely did because we set out to make a four and twenty pie. Okay. Yeah, wow. In beer form, Uluru wow. was just. Uh, making, you know, I guess an indigenous beer sort of thing, but making something that had was interesting and pretty mm. groundbreaking back then. Mm. Um, that I guess you know was just doing something different. So it was it was not meant to be a meaty beer. I mean, it was a lager. It was, it was a hoppy red lager. Yeah. It was all part mm. of the sort of puns at the time, <laughs> um, and, and hence with with the name as well. Yeah. So it was brewed for Australia Day. The same way, you know, we've done lamb beers for Australia Day, so we've done a couple of lamb and rosemary beers. Yeah, I know. Um, Matt mentioned Willie the Boatman as well did the Marrickville lamb souvlaki uh, beer, and I just I find that so interesting. I love those flavors. There's, you know, the rosemary, garlic, and and you know, oregano and and lamb yeah. flavors. I would love to try that in a drink. I end up, you know, yeah, so we, drinking yeah. the marinade out of the pan half the time. So if you could put some bubbles <laughs> through it, I'm all yours. <laughs> yeah. So we did the first one to, uh, is it Sam Kekovich or yep. the, the big lamb guy? The, the lamb oh, proponent, yeah. Yep. Yep. He was hosting an event at Eaton's Hill for their beer fest huh? on Australian's Day. So that's why we sort of brewed the beer for that event. Mm. Uh, but you actually then, brewed a, a lamb beer for an event with Sam Kekovich at it. Yeah. Yeah. That might be the most most Australian thing. Well, actually, I was about to say that might be the most Australian thing I've ever heard, but you made a beer out of kangaroo. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it is pretty hard to top that. I just I, I, I can't get out of my head that the, the meat pie beer should be served in every stadium in Australia. Because one of the things that really bothers me about stadiums is the fact that there's never enough time at half time to get both food and beer. Yeah. You could cut it down to one line that way. 
Yeah. What was cool with Paul, Four and Twenty is we actually uh, approached Four and Twenty to be able to use their logo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we obviously we were really uh, crossing the boundaries is that the to make it a sauce Australia shape. Four and Twenty. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. And uh, they gave us the all clear, oh. and we were doing it for a charity event, and they yeah. sent us up a couple of cartons of gourmet pies to give away oh, as, as gifts at the event oh. so they just gave it to us as you know a one-off i don't think they wanted it to be a you know an ongoing thing but uh, <laughs> they were happy to do it to support the event which I, thought was, I thought was really really good of them if i'm down the shops and i'm choosing between a bottle of crack and rum who sent you a cease and desist <laughs> and a packet of four and twenty pies who basically said strap in uh, i'm getting the pies <laughs> i just think there's a huge missed opportunity i think if you're a a, 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 an operations manager of any major stadium in Australia and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, that's a bloody, you know, we could we could up our consumptions by a million here. Just your day test. Oh, my know? God. And, that, yeah. and that's, the, that's the bit, beer. yeah. I, I can't say having a meat pie beer was my the favourite beer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's it, a question it, I, wanted I wanted to ask you. It did nail the brief. <laughs> Ross, that's what I wanted to ask you. Okay, you you own a brewery, you make beers. What is, it doesn't have to be a Bacchus beer, what is the best beer you've ever had? Uh, probably my favourite beer is the Abyss by Deschutes. The Abyss. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pretend that I, and I don't know what I'm going to pretend. I don't know so what it is. Uh, sort of 13, 14% Imperial Stout, okay. barrel-aged Imperial Stout. But to me, it's one of the finest beers in the world. And where's it from? Where's the Where's the Shoots Brewery? America. I'm, I'm, I'm looks mighty tasty. We're, I think we're all desperately yeah. googling it right, right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I just googled it up, and I'm like, I it looks like. I mean, in, in fairness, in the photos, it looks like a stout, basically. But that's that doesn't like we say Pavlov's dogs. It doesn't take much to get me salivating. Well, um, I had the um, the boys were on. We we were, we were recording a pod uh, a few weeks back, uh, and I had. I was I opened it while we were recording and was drinking it. I remember, boys, I had a moment when I had my first ever um, whiskey barrel Imperial Stout. I'd never yeah. had one before. This oh, is, yeah. you know, we're novices, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was from um, it was from Stockade, and uh, it was um, I just had never had anything like that. I, I, as I said to the guys, I was having a stout and a port at the same time, <laughs> but it was just so you know, and it was recommended by my local brewery. I, I'm I'm in Randwick in Sydney. Um, and my sorry, my local my local seller, and uh, and I just was blown away by the flavors of this, and and it, it has made me very interested in um, these sort of the, the whiskey and the and the bourbon barrel you know barrel aged imperial stouts, and and I and I imagine that the best of the best is probably goes takes you to a an, another level. It, it, it is very different. It's hard to describe if you haven't had one before. Yeah, oh, they 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 really are, and. They're a beer that, you know, you can lay down and have over years, which is nice. Is that right? Yes. And I've got a okay. fridge here crammed to the gunnels with beers that hopefully I'll drink before I pass away. <laughs> but, uh, I'm beginning to wonder because I have people over to try and uh, knock a hole in it so I've got room to put some more in. And, uh, <laughs> and every meeting I have, I end up with more beers left here at oh. the end of the night. Started <laughs> So yeah, it my cousin. Like we try. It's not it a bad like nice problem, problem to have. Sound of it. <laughs> my cousin did that with, with when I when I told him about because he and I share messages about um, beers that we've been trying and and we seem to be on the same wavelength as lots with lots of things in life. So it was no surprise when I started messaging him about my craft beer addiction and um, 
I was quite pleasantly surprised to see that he had developed his own. <laughs> and um, he started sending me pictures of the Imperial Stouts that he's been holding for a while. And, and he said, you know, once we get out of lockdown, we're going to crack open a couple. By the way, so as Matt has told us a bunch, he's already promised us that we're coming to his place and we're cracking open a few of the yeah, ones that he's been we're, we're um, holding and we're going to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, are you into peated whiskies? Or? I am. Absolutely. Love my Laphroaigs, my Triple Wood. Yeah. My so we've got our, uh, our Isla Reserve will be out probably within the next month. Get out. So oh. that's something we release once a year. It's probably our only one of our only beers that we've brewed you know, every year. And that's, I think we're up to edition Incredible. seven or eight now. I will be all over so that's that. That's a uh, beer aged in Octomore barrels, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a straight. It's a barley wine made with 100% uh, heavy peated malt, the same malt they use for making the whiskey. Yeah, wow. It's from mm. Scotland. The malt comes, and mm. uh, this uh, this year's one I think will be about 17, 17 and a half percent. Trifle. <laughs> and uh, and we, we also do one called Isolay Reserve, where we actually do a freeze distilled version. Right. And that comes at last. We've only done it the once, but that came in at 31%. Oof. Okay. And you boys, drink, boys, and you drink it. Oh, you drink it fat, the same as a whiskey. Yeah. Oh, sounds amazing. Boys, Ross, Ross was born for this pod. His pun game is next level. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Very, very good. It's um, and I've got to circle like circle into the beer that we're drinking because we're talking about it being good. But but some descriptions, guys. I um, I, I've been sipping away at it, going, "What is this familiarity? What is this familiarity?" And it just hit me. It's it honestly tastes so much like I'm drinking straight Bailey's with a peanut edge, and it's even got that warmth after the sip mm. that you get from drinking Bailey's. Yeah, I know what you mean by and that warmth. I'm not I'm necessarily getting the the cream, but I I'm really enjoying this. It is you know it's it's certainly rich. It's thick and rich, and it's mm. almost you know syrupy. You you just can't take a huge big mm. mouthful of it. But the peanuts are just the perfect sort of level of peanut flavor. Um, I, I'm not overwhelmed by it. It's just that nice background, and it's it's sweet but not too sweet. I. I just have nothing but good things to say about this one. I think the, the one thing we really try to do with most of our beers is use the real thing rather than flavouring. So, I mean, this has, you know, a lot of peanuts in it. Yeah, okay. You know, mm -hmm. There's a lot of beers around. You know, you've got Omnipolo do their um, big peanut beers. And if you read the label, it doesn't actually contain nuts at all. Oh, right. It's mm. just flavouring. Uh, people just making with flavourings. Yeah. Which yeah. sometimes, you know, to nail... A particular flavour you're after. There is no other option other than to use a high quality uh, flavouring. Yeah. Uh, but we really try not to. Okay. So even like our beer, you know, Sex, Drugs, and Rocky Road, which is a Rocky Road beer. You know, everything in there: the cherries, the marshmallows, the nuts, the Turkish the delight. Every, yep. Everything is in there. There's, <laughs> you know, it's not a flavouring in the whole brew. Yeah. You know, and that's. It, it's just you guys have basically just gone. Oh. You know, when you think about what we like, what the three of us love, the idea of just a vat and you're just chucking in marshmallows and chocolates <laughs> and cherries. And because Phil's the sweet tooth of this of the pod yeah. and he just loves his he loves oh, his sugar, yeah. he loves his chocolate. Um, so anytime you say to him, uh, what I love, what I, I mean, I love Phil. I love <laughs> Phil no matter what he does. But what I 
especially love about Phil is when you start talking about sweet things, you can just see his, his eyes just turn a little. Yeah, he just got, you, a little you always whiskey. know you're going to get a positive response from him. So if, if you just caught, keep eyes, talking about what you throw into did, beer, he's did just going to be like, Did any of you guys okay. uh, get the desolation of small? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was that was unbelievable. Really great. Yeah, well, the, our, our pastry stout version of that will be out very shortly. Oh, okay. So it's been okay, okay. once before. Question: What? What? Sorry. So, okay, this is my ignorance. Okay, what then is a pastry stout? And maybe you guys already know, but I just assumed pastry stout means it's sweet, but obviously there's more to it. Uh, we we have probably a different definition of pastry stout to most people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to us, a pastry stout needs to be minimum ten percent, and and generally over twelve. But you know, our Lamington ale is only four and a half percent, and that technically is a pastry stout. So. And any beer really that's taking on the flavors of of a pastry, basically, mm. yeah, cake, yeah, um, yeah, or a dessert, you know, is a pastry, or it's the latest, I guess, uh, Yankee term for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not about it's not about any other particular way that you've brewed it or anything like that. It's it's it really is about kind of what it says, which is you know taking well, on the, the for us visual- we only call something a pastry stout if it's you know a big oily, thick, thick yeah. Um, yeah. version yeah. of a beer we already do. So, you know, this uh, this week, you know, we brought out three. So we had our Sex, Drugs and Rocky Road mm. and the pastry stout version at 14 and a half is Rock and Roder. Now, Tristan, I, we, we, had the, we had the Maple Coffee Reserve pastry stout um, yeah. a little earlier. That was oh, really good too. I was out of control. That's a big version of our Belgian Mocha stout. Right, mm. okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I said I wasn't going to make any more of these jokes, but mm. you're talking about things that are big, thick, and oily, and, and what's a man to do? Um, but but moving, back, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. moving, yeah. moving out of that. The, the funny thing is, because this one's so sweet, and those you know those 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 pastry pastry stouts being so sweet, and Tristan's right, I've got a sweet tooth a mile wide to the point that my eyes glaze over like glazed donuts. But <laughs> um, funnily enough, the last backus I had was the hyperspatial espresso. Um, and, uh, that was amazing. That was like being punched in the face by a cup of coffee. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't had that one. And I, the flip side to my sweet tooth is I love a long black. Mm. Give me a long black as bitter as, you know, as, as bitter as it can possibly be constructed. And it honestly tasted like the, the strongest long black I've ever had, perhaps with, you know, some leftover coffee grinds. Kind of, hmm. kind of popped into it as well. I took the first sip and I'm like, this genuinely is like being punched in the face with a cup of coffee, and I'm here for it. I am here for it. So uh, I'm, I've been my backus journey in the last two has been from the like most bitter to the most uh, most sweet and everything in between. So with the with the desolation of s'mores, I say the pastry stout version. Mm. So mm. the name for that one is the complete and utter desolation uh, of s'more. So nice. it's a, Basically, God bless a big, you, Ross. big milk stout, pastry stout version of that one with everything amped up to the max. God it, bless chili, you, extra smoke. Ross. <laughs> um, one thing I will say. One thing, one that, thing that I'll, that's the end of the pod. <laughs> one thing I will say I do love and what I loved about the, the desolation of s'more and um, uh, there was, uh, oh, what was the name of that the, the brewery that I loved, boys? The, the Mexican hot chocolate stout um, starts with a B as well. Uh, no. Can't quite recall it, but it's. Um, but I love a little bit of spice in my 
in my beer, in my stouts particularly. I love that little that little sort of hot tinge at the very end if yeah. something's been brewed with a little bit of chili. Um, yeah. I love it. It's just it's just a little bit different. Um, listen, we, we, we've been chatting a while. We should we should probably get close to wrapping up. As we're about to rate your beers, but I think you can already tell it's it's going to be pretty pretty high. Um, I wanted to ask you one quick last question. The glasses. Now, do you find, obviously, wine glasses were a big thing for a while. And, and now I find maybe because everyone's doing it on social media, maybe, uh, you know, as I started getting involved with the Facebook page, I noticed everyone pours their hazies and their stouts into a beautiful glass. So I don't really have any proper beer glasses. So I use my, my wine glasses. Um, is there any advantage to doing that? Does it release the flavors of the beer? Is it, is it just a preference? What do you think? I mean, a wine glass is really good. I mean, it's designed really the shape of it. Get you want to be able to swir- and... swirl your beer. Mm-hmm. So you really want to be able to swirl it around mm-hmm. and get your nose in. So having a glass that tapers in. Um, I like a short-stemmed one. Obviously, you're using stemless, which is great. I've been using some of the long-stemmed glasses because I got given a couple uh, a beer pack recently. Yep. But honestly, I find the long stem... Uh, being honest about my shape here, but uh, if I'm sat in the lounge <laughs> and I put the beer to my lips, the bottom of the glass can actually hit your stomach. <laughs> Still resting on, <laughs> on your the stomach. way to your mouth. And all, all of a sudden, you've got a flood of beer yep. that you weren't expecting. So, uh, the glass man. is the perfect <laughs> practicality. Drinking glass that can sit on your chest, yep. for want of a better word, um, <laughs> while you're drinking and enjoying it much better than some really tall elegant glass so your one there that stemless one perfect glass good and allows you to warm the beer up with your hands as well it really is it's it's a lovely way and it it really is sort of this movement of as i said as as adam was saying before you know you can sit down and you can you know you can crack into one of these and and just sip it over time and uh you know consume it like you would a bottle in a way a bottle of wine you could do you could potentially do two cans of these. Um, it, it is one of those things where, you know, when you have a regular beer, you know, you, you sit down. As you know, Adam's a fan of the uh, Bolter's uh, Captain Sensible. Yeah, yeah. one so standard if, drink. Every, everyone, one you know standard drink. <laughs> he doesn't have to think about it. He just goes to the fridge. He takes one. When I go to my fridge and I look at my, and as I said, I had my Bacchus delivery last week, I kind of got to look at each one and go, <laughs> it's 9.45 and I do a little quick turn of the can. I go, this looks delicious. Oh, it's 4.3. Am <laughs> I am I in the right mindset for this right now? So you do have to do a bit of a double take. Yeah, what did I open the other night at 10.30? And I said, hey, Matt, you said we're <laughs> going to drink this together. And you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> it's, yes. it's 4.3%. I can't start that now. <laughs> I missed the boat. I think it was the Tobler Ale. It was the oh, Tobler Ale. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. You don't mean 4.3%. You mean 4.3 standards. Sorry, yes, 4.3 standards. standards. So. <laughs> yeah, I ended up having to watch the entire uh, movie Arrival uh, just so I could finish that beer <laughs> at a reasonable pace. Went to bed That's a great movie. Really. That's fine. It was very good. That's a fine movie. It. Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Absolutely. And when yeah. you really sort of boil that down and you think like a shot glass is basically one standard drink, you're basically there at 10 o'clock at night going, Will I slam I four shots shot. of whiskey before I go to bed? <laughs> yeah. Something I sleep like really well after four and a half shots of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. you need that half too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Something I don't really? quite understand. I can quite happily crack open two or three 375 mil cans mm. and not feel like I'm overdoing it, even if I do you know, end up falling asleep. 
Yeah. Uh, but I really struggle to open a 500 mil bottle on oh, my yeah. own. I feel like I'm, mm. I don't, I need to be sharing it rather than opening a 500 yeah, mil. Yeah, I understand that. Like, I'll crack that open mentality. two 375 mil cans because I want more. Yeah. And yeah. suddenly realize I've drunk 50% more. Yeah. Than if I don't like, the 500. So which, I don't have time to watch an entire movie, but I'll watch six episodes of the IT crowd back to back. And, you know, it's, like, it's all about this <laughs> portion control. Yeah, <laughs> because you feel like you can stop at control. any point. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's all right. Well, Ross, it's been awesome chatting to you we're gonna we're gonna rate the beers the, sorry the beer right now well yeah let's quickly let's quickly before we wrap up i mean yeah this is an awesome this is an awesome pastry shout it's just it's just exactly what it, and, and i can tell you ross that um when you're in lockdown something that you queenslanders aren't too familiar with um when when you are in lockdown and it's you know you're thinking what am i going to do tonight that the and i'm and this isn't even necessarily a joke this is actually quite serious mm. you, you go you said i'm going to crack open a new beer i'm going to try something different i'm going to really savor it, enjoy it. it's actually something really to look forward to it's true you know, there's little things that just sort of brighten your night something to look forward to through the day yeah, that they, they actually do make a difference it's it's funny and yeah it sounds sounds problematic but it's true I think they're an excellent beer to have before bed. I mean, I, I'll tend to normally crack one, you know, about half an hour, three quarters of an hour mm. before I plan to hit the sack. And I just find it the perfect way to sit and enjoy oh, it yeah. and unwind uh, before bed. A big comfy hug. Yeah. So, look, I'm going to, I'll start. I'm going to give it a 4.25 out of 5. Huh. Uh, that we, We're rating beards, um, Ross. So, 4.25, uh, it's. I've become a very, surprisingly to my close friends, I've become a stout man. Adam, I don't think you ever would have thought, you know, no. growing up that I'd ever become a stout man. No, I was always a um, stout but guy. <laughs> but now yeah. you're, you're so, taking uh, the ball and running with it. Well, so particularly given you're the man. tallest person I know, Tristan, I never described you as a stout man, but here we are. <laughs> All right, Phil, what, 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 how, uh, you, you, I know you're liking I'm, this. I'm bang on in that same place as you, mate. So 4.25, um, top shelf beer, uh, great for wintertime too, in particular, because uh, it's quite warming. So it's strong, it's tasty, it's warming. It's it's uh, yeah, it's one of the definitely one of the better beers that we've reviewed yes. um, over the last year. So uh, yeah, an easy four point two five from me. Yeah, we're all absolutely on the same page as each other in this regard. I'm in the same ballpark. I'm going slightly higher because I'm going to give it one beard per standard drink. So I'm giving it four point three beards <laughs> out of five. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but, but lovely in every sense of the word. Really enjoying this one. Drinking he's, it faster than I thought I would too. I'm almost done. He's prices righted us, Tristan. And, and <laughs> I did. For that. I prices righted you. Yeah. He he he, yeah. he prices rights us all the time. Should we Ross. should we ask should we ask Ross to rate his own beer? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I reckon he's an honest. Yeah, yeah, what does well, this he one sit in your repertoire, man? No, I, I I think that would sit round about the same as you guys have scored it. To be honest, great. Mm. And would you say, um, in that sense, you're at you're at four point two five, or you're at four point three? I think maybe four point three. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> balances it out. Two, two, and two. So can I just do one one quick question just before we wrap up? Yeah. Is if you were going to re- recommend one of your beers to our listeners? Something that you think is really accessible, something that they, you know, people maybe they don't always try, uh, you know, weird out there beers. What's 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 something that everyone's going to like from your uh, from your brewery? Ooh, honestly, I mean, Tobler Ale is my yep. real love at the moment. Well, we adore it. Um, yeah. The other one that's got me back onto a chocolate that 
I never ate. So when the wife and I buy chocolates, mm. she will always leave one particular chocolate to the end because she knows I'll never eat them. And that was Turkish <laughs> Delight. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, but since we made Persian Princess, mm. and I started drinking it and realizing how freaking delicious it was. <laughs> I've, I've revisited the chocolates. And lo and behold, I freaking love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazing. My taste has changed over the years. Yeah. Uh, so the beer has actually taken me full circle back to the chocolate. It's funny how that works, mm. isn't it? It does. It's how your taste buds change and how sometimes memories bring that back. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ross. It's It's been an absolute pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Totally. Uh, I will say at the very end, you know, back, firstly, anyone is listening, backusbrewing.com.au. If you're in Brisbane, you're not restricted. So get out there and go and make a day of it. Um, I will say Louis barbecue pork ribs, by the way. So check them out. W- yeah, 100%. We, we ordered for our friends in Brisbane. So they got their deliveries overnight and it was the next day. And we actually got our deliveries two days after we ordered. So well done because there has been um, talk of, of deliveries slowing down from some breweries, but you guys are obviously on top of it. So well done, which is very important. It's, it's when you're in lockdown and, and you don't get your beers on time, that's very upsetting. Uh, but I will say the last thing I'll say is that uh, Bacchus Brewing proudly says, uh, you proudly say on your site and you feature a dog eating food at your brewery and you said the Redlands, fam- Redlands Family and Dog Friendly Brewery it is International Dog Day. It's International Dog Week. So what better guest to have on board Absolutely. than you guys? Uh, bring your dogs over to the brewery. And uh, my last, last question is, Is do you have a dog and uh, is your dog your favorite dog? Or can you tell us what your favorite dog is of all time? Because we're talking about that in uh, the next segment or I don't know where it is anymore. Coming up I'm, soon. I'm, I'm, <laughs> peanuts, peanut stout. I have two two Labradoodles, and I don't think I would probably ever want a different dog now. So, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of different types, but a Labradoodle just hits every mark for me. Well, we have a we have a um, an anonymous sponsor uh, from Brisbane, and he also has two Labradoodles, probably so he'll be so yeah, so he'll be very excited to hear that. So, shout out to your Labradoodles. Uh, they're, I guess uh, we've got to ask the question: Which one of the Labradoodles is your favourite? Um, Nora, my dog. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. It didn't even absolutely, <laughs> absolutely doesn't doesn't even need thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> you can do no wrong. Uh, Russ, this has been awesome, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, pleasure, we'll, we'll guys. Keep it I'm glad, glad you enjoyed the beer, and we weren't reviewing the peanut brittle ghost. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. See you later. See Cheers. you, mate. Cheers. Five, Bye. Four, three, two, one. So we've talked beer, let's talk sports uh, with our new segment, You're Fucking Kidding Right, where we bring up one of the big, interesting sports articles of the week, which made us have a little read, have a little think and go, you're fucking kidding, right? And I'm going to start <laughs> off here, and uh, I want to talk about Latrell Mitchell. Okay, first mm-hmm. of all, I'll start you all off with a little history lesson first. So last year, you might remember this. Josh Adokar got into trouble for firing a shotgun without a license at Latrell Mitchell's property and sticking the video on social media. This also led to him being fined about $1,000 for having too many people over in breach of COVID restrictions. And then the NRL hit him with a $50,000 additional fine for bringing the game into distribute. 
Why do I mention this? Because we talked about them last year in the podcast and I do love it when we come full circle. This time though, it's a very different story. And I'm talking round 24, Latrell Mitchell. He not only scores two tries for the Souths against his former team, the Roosters, but he's now been suspended for six games, including the finals, after performing an illegal shoulder charge into the face of his former teammate and friend, Joseph Manu, leaving Manu with a fractured cheekbone. Now, first off, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, he should be in jail for that. You just you just can't do that. I couldn't headbutt anyone from my work and just get six weeks off. He should be in jail. And it's a dog act in a week where we're all just trying to see the best in dogs, which also upsets me. But also, this is a guy you used to play with, Mitchell. Manu and him were close mates. They came up through their junior grades at the Roosters before Mitchell jumped ship to the Bunnies. And you know what? I reckon poor old Joseph Manu is lying there in hospital as a skilled NRL surgeon tries their best to reconstruct what's left of his face, and he can only be thinking one thing. You're fucking kidding, right? <laughs> that's, um, that's absolutely brilliant. And and was it was it wedding crashes where he accidentally shoots him with a gun? Yes, it was. Yeah, it, yeah. it almost feels like the NRL equivalent of that. Of just seeing his face going to smashed up in the same way that that uh, that shot that shotgun fire had happened. So, uh, you know, the NRL is truly the gift that just keeps giving oh, for buddy. any segment of this pod, quite frankly. And so how do you um, how do you remember what we spoke about, like, I know, read a it year all. ago? <laughs> yeah, it's impressive, bro. You keep, you keep, uh, you keep. No, here's the thing. Up. Here's the thing. You know what? All of those sports down moments, all of those times when I've looked up the controversial players, it was generally about six or seven of the same dudes it was it was yeah. Jordan de yeah, popping up time and time again. Yeah, true. You know, th- true this true, is the true. thing. So I say, oh, hang on a second. I remember yeah. this guy. He was in trouble last year. And then uh, it's not hard to do a quick Wikipedia search. It's not. Uh, it's it's not Adzo going full circle. It's them going full circle. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that was the low hanging fruit. Nice one. I don't know. I'm sure yours is going to be soccer related, Phil. Uh, the other low-hanging fruit was uh, Toby Green, who shoulder-charged the referee. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he he now misses out on the, the remainder of the finals for however far they get. Um, it, was, it wasn't an aggressive um, shoulder-charge, but i got to say my business partner, he's, he's been enlightening me of the strict rules that the AFL have uh, and the respect that they have to show the referees, which, you know, should be the case in any sport. Sure. But in AFL, I actually found out the other day that – Whenever you, if you watch an AFL bounce, the referee just before he bounces moves his arm behind him, and that's to indicate to players where he's going to move back once oh. he's bounced the ball. And if you even accidentally touch the referee after he's moved back, even yeah. accidentally, yeah. that's a you know something I don't know what it means. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's a suspension or yeah. something like that. A little fine, some, something a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you cannot touch them and sometimes when i think about the abuse that soccer players give to you know soccer referees oh yeah they get they right up in their face the when they get the car yeah, 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 yeah. spitting it's and they're screaming yeah no that's a that's a great uh you're fucking kidding me mate my uh my you're fucking kidding me uh comes from the tennis court uh actually i uh first <laughs> the first you're fucking kidding me is hey the u.s opens on i huh? can't believe you're it kidding me? yeah <laughs> i wouldn't the have even the known world that says yeah <laughs> um, no, so it's it's kind of two. So Andy Murray was playing um, Stefanos Murray. Murray was playing Stefanos 
Tsitsipas. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, Greek player. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not good at my tennis players. Um, but Murray, essentially, his, his shoe broke or something happened. His shoe basically broke down. He was struggling with his shoes. Yeah. Uh, and he decided he, he needed to dry them. So he used an on-court, I don't know whether it was an air conditioner or an air <laughs> suppressor, but he used an on-court air conditioner to dry out his shoes. My, you're fucking kidding me. This is the part one. My, you're yeah. fucking kidding me there is you don't have another pair of shoes. Just in, He did not have another pair of shoes to play in. Yeah. So that's my first, you're fucking kidding me. You're, you're playing in the US 11 Open. tennis rackets, but one pair of shoes. <laughs> Bring in another fucking pair of shoes. Yeah. Now, he had his own, you're fucking kidding me, because his opposition, the Greek man, mm. kept going to the toilet. And apparently was doing it within the legal rules of the game. But essentially, Andy Murray himself said, you're fucking kidding me to the referee, as if it takes someone to go to the toilet this long. Now, Adam, you and I have friends. We know how long it takes some of our friends to go to the toilet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lucky if you see them half the night. Half the night, gone. So that was another you're fucking kidding me. And that led into our own Australian, Nick Kyrgios. Yes. He also had Man. his own, yeah. What, by the way, uh, Phil, what do you think about Nick? Do you love him? Love him. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you do, I just feel like you'd be like, yeah, he, he's the man. Mate, um, he, he, for me, sport sport needs to be filled with interesting characters. So and, true. Uh, he's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I got, I actually got like, no issue with Kyrgios, I, and I think he's actually done a lot of a lot of good off court too. He might be. I, and he has definitely redeemed himself, and that redemption story has been enjoyable. But even before that, don't give me another fucking bland press conference where you give us a bunch of platitudes. Like, give us somebody who's a bit mad. Mm. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like it. And look, he had his own, you're fucking kidding me moment when his own team, so his, his, his coaches and his team, <laughs> This is so funny. We're trying to give him advice. He was already, he'd already lost his shit. I don't know about what. It was, you know, delay of game or whatever, yeah, like yeah. the way they're doing it. But he was looking up towards his 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 team in the stands, but they're all ha- having to wear face masks. And he, and they were trying to say things to Nick from, you know, when they usually shout things. And Nick basically looked at him and said, looked at them and said, you're the only two in here wearing a mask. I'm fucking <laughs> looking at you, and all I see is a mask. I can't even understand what you're saying. He's saying that to his team, which I can understand. I've been part of a basketball team when, like, my own teammates or my even my own wife has said to me stuff, and I just said, I, I, I don't even want to listen yeah. to you. So imagine <laughs> it. Imagine it. He's just like, you're fucking kidding me. You're trying to talk to me about what's going on. He says, how the fuck am I supposed to understand what you're both saying when I'm down that end and you're wearing a fucking mask? Like, <laughs> use your brain. Those were his words. So you're fucking kidding me goes to, I don't know, tennis in general, people who are idiots, and uh, <laughs> tennis. <laughs> right on. Philip. And honestly, the thing that I took out of this above all else is that Tristan pretty much considers himself to be the Nick Kyrgios of weekend basketball. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I, I was Nick before he was born, baby. I can, I can, I can see you in that role, Tristan. <laughs> I can see you. I've seen you on the basketball court. You go from this like kindly mannered, like funny guy to to just a, a you know a murderer. Basically, what it is, what <laughs> um, it is, it is what it is. Uh, my you're fucking kidding me is a quick and easy obvious one, which is Cristiano Ronaldo joining Manchester oh, yes. United again. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, that makes mm. sense. You know, returning hometown hero, 
Um, coming back, Manchester City was sniffing around. The Manchester United hierarchy basically said, you can't steal our heroes. They stepped up. They signed him. The you got to be fucking kidding me right bit was they've offered him a five-year contract. What? You're so he is now me, right? on $20 million a year until he's 41. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the guy wow. is a machine. Like his training is next level, but really – English Premier League, Manchester United at 41. Yeah. you got to be fucking kidding me, right? Is he good still? I haven't been following him. Is he still, like, can he still do it? Because I know that his, his time at Juventus wasn't exactly what they wanted him to be, right? He scored 26 goals last season. A trifling. So on that metric, yes. Um, trouble is more and more. He was the goalkeeper. That's the trouble. Basically, they. <laughs> um, they <laughs> They crafted, at Juventus, they crafted the entire team around him and he got that 26 at the cost of coherence. Oh, yeah. Um, because you have players like like Murata and like other players who are actually really, really good. And rather than going for the goal themselves, they're always looking for Cristiano. So if he goes to United and he can step into a slightly more selfless elder statesman role, um, this could be really good couple of years for United. If he goes there and they're going to change their entire playing system to play to his strengths and his strengths alone, the guy's 36 now. Uh, it's not going to end well in the mm. long run for United. So it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. But but when it comes to the scoring touch, oh, fuck me, he's still got it. He's still got it. Did you see the other, you're fucking kidding me, right, regarding, regarding this uh, transfer, which was... Um... <laughs> He always, you know, Manchester United made billions on Ronaldo number seven jersey, but there's already a player for Manchester United who's using number seven. And there's a rule in the Premier League that you can't, once the the season has started, another player can't take on that number. So even though that player who's got number seven has already said they'll switch to like another number, apparently the Premier League has to make an exception to the rule and they're like, so, so Ronaldo might be playing off like number twenty-one, and they're saying like the the, the cost value of that. And this is this when you think of like a number that the cost value of that could be worth you know a billion dollars potentially yeah, sure. in revenue and sales. Like it's crazy, and, and I mean I totally see the value. I mean anyone who's got a seven Ronaldo is going to want to buy a twenty-one. So I don't see why they'd want to stop it. But still. It's just really it's fast it fascinates me and it makes me go, You're fucking kidding me, right? Sport is absolutely eating itself, and I can confirm that since that time the uh, Premier League has indeed made its exception. And Edinson Cavani has given has. up the number seven uh <laughs> in favour of that one. So so the money talks and no, has Premier League has Premier League approved it? I know that he was uh, happy to give it up. Has Premier League no, approved no. it? It's already said. So basically, I just had a quick look up and, uh, uh, you know, uh, journalistic institution The Sun uh, <laughs> is asking the question, what shirt number will Edinson Cavani wear this season after passing the number seven to Ronaldo? Yeah. Um, so where are we? But that doesn't sound like Premier League sanctioned it yet. That's the only thing. Yeah, there you go. It hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't said that, but. Make no mistake. We know they will. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. I know. If you ever think you can make a difference, you can't. Uh, Well (laughs) done. Good, uh, good, good, uh, good segment, boys. Um, And well done, Phil, for not going for the low hanging fruit, which is Arsenal. You're fucking kidding me, right? Which isn't really. They're not really a you're fucking kidding me, right? Because we're kind of almost are expecting it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's Arsenal par for the course, basically. How 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 sad to be an Arsenal supporter and they go into the long. Was it a two week break? 
at the bottom of the. It's not. It's not. It's not bad enough that they're at the bottom of the table. It happens to be in a you know a break. I think it's a two week break. I don't know if it's, oh, it's international, isn't it? Yeah, because the Socceroos are, are playing. So um, so yeah. So shout out Arsenal. You you guys just continue to the memes and the images that are coming through is serving us so much more than if Arsenal actually do well. And the thing that I love about it is if they continue this trajectory, basically you you have this constant, like you just know you've got backup in your fucking kidding me, right? So if there's nothing else, there will be Arsenal. There'll you know, always so be Arsenal. That's your backup. There'll always be Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're, they're right there as a backup. They're looking yeah. out for us. Um, and honestly, it's the only thing they're steady at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to It's a Bad Week to Be. Uh, I did get, uh, I got a couple of messages from listeners saying they really like the revamped, by the way. Oh, yeah. So it just goes to show you when you st- steal like framework Don't principles from other podcasts. Everyone. No, this, we made this up ourselves. We need to open the kimono entirely, I mate. do, because what I want is I want certain podcasts to find out that we're just copying them so that we get traction, you see? Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. All right, it's a bad okay. week to be. What, whatever it takes, Friedman. Whatever it takes. I actually don't really get how the internet works. I don't really get how any yeah. of this stuff works. So we're just doing what we... I don't think any of us do. Just I think go general already. That's all you I don't know what that means, Adam. You say, I noticed something with you. You just say, I'll put it up on the Twitter. You don't know what that means. I did you just put it say up on the Twitter. I, I put I don't a know. photo of those footy players all standing around the flag and the, the murderer was there and... Do you, do, you? Fo- do you even follow the Freedman Pod Twitter? <laughs> What's the address? Do you? Oh my know. god! Twitter, I find very complicated. I don't it's get it. Not. You follow about eight comedians, and then that's all you see, and they help <laughs> frame your opinion on society. Okay, it's a bad week to be. It's a bad week to be you. Adzo, go. It's a bad week to be conservative parents in the Upper Midwest USA, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. So a judge in Michigan has ordered a couple pay their son thirty thousand four hundred and forty-one US dollars after they threw out his porn collection. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the judge ruled the parents had no right to throw out his boxes of videos, magazines, wow. and other paraphernalia, and have ordered them to pay him back. Now, first off, I will say the bloke is 43 years old. And maybe at that, at that age, if you want to have 30 grand worth of porn, your parents might just have to accept like this is how they raised you. But the man, David Working, living, lived at his parents' house for 10 months before moving to Indiana, at which point he realized the clunge case was missing. His dad emailed him. That uh, Frank, Frank, <laughs> frankly, he had done him a big favor getting rid of it all. However, the judge did not agree. And finally, to bring it back on theme, 30K in porn mags, mate, you're a dirty, dirty dog. No, dude. He, firstly, he's already taken over Cooper as hero of the week. I like the dirty dog reference. I know Phil picked that up. I don't know if 100%. Phil was discussed. I, I loved every... Congratulations. That was awesome. Okay. Phil, did you 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 were you you looked like you were in deep thought there. What were you thinking? You about? ever had your stash uh, crashed, mate? That's just my face. 
Um, that's just my face, boys. That was that was a great pickup, Adzo, and mm. uh, and and I was sitting there going, "You claimed everything, everything this time around had something to do with a dog, and you, <laughs> you slammed that home at the last minute, just like one of your all too long fucking jokes." So, well done, son. <laughs> all right. uh, that's, that's really that's good. So that's good. really good. How did they? How did they determine? How do they determine the value of the porn? Is it based on, you know, obviously we've got NFTs now and we've got, you know, <laughs> Beckett, which tells you values of old basketball and football cards and all that kind of stuff. Like how does, Look, I've, how does I've that work? I've got to presume it was mostly sentimental value, Tristan. Yeah, um, so it was just a Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's there going, I mean, I mean, surely, I mean, it's basically a house full of magazines to be 30,000. But, yeah, uh, you know, right. when you're valuing, when you're valuing the first magazine you ever fat to it yeah. at, uh, $7,500 uh, because of the sentiment. And it's like, you just can't buy this anymore. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm, it hoping it's, I'm hoping it was actually like three or four really old, dusty magazines from his youth and not what I probably yeah. assume in reality is about 1,400 different magazines, DVDs, and <laughs> pieces of rubber and plastic I don't even want to name. Ah, yep. spectacular, dude. And basically a case full of semen, presumably. <laughs> oh. I mean, let's just call it out. Jesus, please, Phil. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's a bad, uh, talking about, well, it's not really, but it's a bad week to be anal. And oh. what I mean by that is myself. Uh, yeah. I am a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'm a little anal when it comes to things. And um, linking back to my nomination of the Paralympians as my heroes of the week, um, I can't Careful. watch the Paralympics without having to know what all the different classes and divisions of the um, uh, sports yeah. are. So yeah. um, it's not enough that I can just watch this awesome procession of humanity. Um, but I need to know everything about what I'm watching. And so for someone like me who I, I can't just sit there and watch like a swim that says that it's the S12 class. I need to know what that is. Yeah. Or in athletics, I can't watch them run. And then they tell me that was the final of the two T36. I need to know what it is. So it's a very tough time for me because I don't know what, like half the time I'm watching the Paralympians and half the time I'm actually on my phone just like... God Looking bless the up. internet. Yeah, because God, imagine back in like, you know, before the internet and you just see this thing come up and says, yeah, it's the T, T8, S8 of the swimming. And you're like, but that person, eh, that person looks kind of do, okay. Do you ever get, I was going to ask that. Do you ever get disappointed? Like you see this amazing <laughs> performance yeah. and then you look it up, it's like, well, they've only really severed their pinky toe. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, that's yeah. not as impressive as that table tennis guy. Yeah. There's differences in level. I, I was watching, God, I was watching the, the, the weightlifting. My God. It's just, can uh, I just unbelievable. Say, say whatever you want because we are absolutely cutting this whole segment out. But please continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's just unbelievable. So I, 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 I have to know it all and I think it's absolutely fascinating at how yeah. many levels. So it's a, it's a bad way to be anal. I'll throw in a couple of bonuses. One, and I don't know if you're going to come Would up you? with this, Phil, but uh, it's, a bonus, it's, a, it's a bad week to be the Croods. Uh, only because, oh, yeah, Scott, because Morrison. Of, uh, Scott Morrison mentioned the Croods. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any of the people who made <laughs> that film. What's the Croods? I don't think anyone who made it said, I'd, Tristan, "Please, just, Scott, don't." 
Christian, yeah. just a quick question. Was it Scott Morrison, the politician, who referenced that, or was it Scott Morrison, the, uh, the basketball coach? True. True. Uh, it's also yeah. a, a pretty bad week to be Joe Biden, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. Uh, what did all we, all the know, good no. jokes have already been made, mate. <laughs> uh, Phil, what's it a bad week to be? Mate, it is a bad week to be a uh, time-poor Kanye West fan. Mm, um, yeah. mm. So uh, the the album dropped at last after multiple false starts over the last few weeks. Yes. Donda is here, uh, yes. described on The Guardian as misfiring lyricism from a diminished figure. Oh. Uh, so they're not loving it, um, but there's actually been mixed mixed reviews. Um, but the uh, I'm just trying to find the exact timing of it, but it is a 108-minute album. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Almost two hours. Almost two I, hours. I, long. I, I was listening to uh, part of my take uh, earlier this week, and and they were talking about the uh, the the album, and they said a lot of the uh, I don't know I probably will never listen to it in my life, but <laughs> um, but they were saying that some of the tracks belo- like belong in it's almost like he's written a soundtrack for a movie that oh, hasn't yeah. yet been released but will be, which makes me think of M eighty three in a way. So yeah, yeah. that actually made me kind of want to listen to it a little bit. It was kind of what we yeah. said a week or two ago, where it's like, you know, when you say, well, I can't remember what it was, it was about the beer, remember? Where Adam hated the beer so much that it made Phil want to drink it. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. You know, I have people to know. This thing yeah. down, I might just want to listen to it. And that's the thing. There's a combination for me. I'm going to dive into it because I, I am that time for Kanye West fan. And um, mm. coming back around to it is, is, Firstly, the fact that it's a 108-minute album, it's like I have to know and I actually yeah. have to know what every minute of that yeah. is because just simply because it's different. Um, but yeah. it is also clear to me that um, the world's one of the world's most creative human beings has now lost all structure to his creation. And I suspect it's almost like instead of bringing down like, like you would normally, you bring down a bunch of tracks and then you cut this one, you cut this one, and you only put forward the main stuff. He's just putting it all. He's just like, I can't fucking decide what goes in. It all goes in. But you haven't um, heard it yet, right? I haven't heard it yet. It could be no. his masterpiece. It could, he, he could be like the Scorsese of the of the music world, you know? Feels I just, sit, feels down, just I sit down to watch. Blanks. What was that latest yeah. Scorsese movie, the one that was on Netflix? The Irish. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. went for like three and a half hours. And, yeah, it took me like four days to watch it. But I accept when I sit down to a Scorsese movie that, yeah, it's going to run around Two and a half to three and a half hours, and that's fine. And yeah. maybe this I is mean, it. he's just next leveled his creativity, and he just had yep. that much to say. Yep. I feel like, in fairness, you're basically saying maybe he's going to the next level. Maybe it's genius, and then you basically reference the most mediocre Scorsese film of them all. It's basically I, just like just like Scorsese's style eating itself inside a film. I just mentioned um, by the most recent Scorsese film, but but Casino was that long. Goodfellas was that long. They're all they're long. They're long movies. I just feel like you validated my exact point, so okay. thanks, Adza. Well, I just appreciate <laughs> the way that Phil's, Phil's judging this album without even having listened to it yet. Yeah, that's I, tough. I have said probably about three times over how much I love Kanye West and I'm looking forward to listening to it, Tristan. But, yeah, I'm really going in two-footed on it. Yeah. Really could have fooled me, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I, think you, I think you hate it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, right. you go past 90 minutes in an album and I hate it. I just hate it. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, you put me in a corner, boys. I'll just fucking own it. Did Did Kanye West's craziness over the last few years change your view on him at all? 
No, it just makes me love him more. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's what yeah. I love about you, Phil. Yeah. He's I, him. Uh, yeah, he's he's, him. he's he's the real fucking deal. That's the that's the big thing for me. He is Kanye West is Kanye West, and he's gone a bit off the deep end. And he's gone full Jesus, um, you know, and 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 all of that stuff. But the guy's just a pulse of creativity, and the world's more interesting to have him in it. Um, so thumbs up, thumbs up for me. But hey. uh, but you know, I may change my mind once I listen to Dondo. We'll see. <laughs> hashtag uh, hashtag Kanye twenty twenty four. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Hey, could it be worse than Biden? Yeah, that's true. Oh. Uh, all right, good, uh, good, good. It's a bad week to be, guys. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, it's a bad week to be us, really. We're still in lockdown, but whatever. It's a bad week to be if you know if 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 Bacchus Stouts were like cartoon <laughs> characters that didn't want to be drunk. It would be a bad week to be them. I'm on, I am on. Yeah. I'm currently having the Turkish delight pastry stout to close it, close out my evening, and it is really lovely. Yeah, it's lovely, no, isn't it? Yeah. So so far, I've just had that one. I've just had yeah. that one uh, peanut yeah. brittle goze, which I didn't like, and everything yeah. else has been next level. So yeah, yeah, you don't have to is, suck up to him, was, now, boy. Was the Turkish <laughs> was the Turkish delight everything you dreamed it would be, Tristan? I know that one. That one jumped you know, out to funny. you. I'm not getting. I'm not getting the Turkish delight. I, I'm. You know what? I'm getting the. The Cadbury Turkish Delight flavor from it. That's I'm not really getting good, like. I'm seeing. I'm getting fries Turkish Delight. Yes, I'm, I'm not, not getting, getting the. Like, I'm not getting the. Bought, bought it in Auburn, fresh from the from the. Correct. Place. Yeah. Correct. Delight. Which yeah. I prefer. It's still nice, but it's yeah. Sorry, fries. I said Cadbury. Fries Turkish Delight. That's the yeah. flavor that's coming out. Not so yeah. much the rosé with the icing sugar powdered over it in the squares that you get in the plastic rice puddings. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's move on to our feature segment of the day. It's International oh, uh, Dog Week. This is going to be fun. You want to... Yeah. You want to stick around for this one, kids. This is going to be fun. And, and I haven't even thought about what music I'm going to put in yet to break up the segment, but there's so many choices. It's going to be who Honestly, let the dogs if it, out, isn't it? <laughs> if it is anything other than who lets the who let the dogs out, Tristan, I'm going to be most upset. I'm not doing who let the dogs out. That's who right. let the dogs out? There you are. <laughs> this one, this one is one. I reckon we should do this every week. I reckon we just keep. I reckon we keep just nominating like every two weeks. Like, oh, it was international. <laughs> Needs more dog. <laughs> That's what the I, podcast has been lacking. I know. Yeah, I knew we should have gotten the dog. We talked we about organic growth, but no, 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 we just need more dogs. So true. God, we mm. suck. All right, so we're counting down in, in celebration of International Dog Day last week, which again. Wouldn't have known it, it occurred if it wasn't for Facebook and social media and people posting pictures of their dogs. I'm sure you guys knew enough. Look, Adam, you are a dog owner, so you, you probably knew about it through your dog circles. Was there anything you did special for Buddy during the week? I didn't know about it at all until <laughs> until you mentioned it this week because I, I don't I don't bother to check Facebook anymore. I don't really bother to check Instagram. I checked Twitter. None of the eight people I follow mentioned Dog Week. So, no, I had no idea until this came up. Yeah. Phil, do you know about it? No clue. Yeah. No clue whatsoever. But I was very delightfully surprised when you put it in the running order because I was like, I thought you were like dogs, right? Yeah. I like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. about dogs. Let's talk yeah. about dogs for a bit. Get in. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's another international. It's like Christmas. Another Christmas goes by. <laughs> and no presents for you, little Nothing guy. Under the tree for that little guy. <laughs> All right. So we're uh, we're counting down. So what better 
day or week to do than counting down our top three and worst three dogs of all time. Mm -hmm. This is exciting. Let's do it like you nominate your third worst dog and your third best dog at the same time. Phil, I want you to start. Go. Beautiful. So we're actually doing third worst and third best simultaneously. So do your worst first and then do your best. This is good because I themed at each level, and so oh. um, the the theme at three is uh, is is basically cartoon dogs, um, and so uh, the best dog in in cartoon world for me, as much as he's getting a little tired. No, no, now, let's start is... off with your let's start off with your worst dog. Worst dog. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so uh, I want to keep it so... positive. Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> okay, um, so the worst dog to start off with is in fact Old Yeller, uh, oh, yeah. but not. Not old yeller from from the movies, uh, which I never saw. That was a bit too old for that. But in fact, the old yeller that appeared on Family Guy, uh, who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who didn't, like, who, oh, who didn't take the answering machine message, and it's like old old yeller. <laughs> you come, <laughs> come back. You didn't take the message, and the kid just walking outside with a no, mum. Yellow's my dog, and just pumps the shotgun, and they walk outside, <laughs> and I'm like, I just. I lost it the first time I saw that sketch. It yeah, was so good. So, so good. Well <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Poor I old yellow. When I put when I put this when I, when I was when I was doing my th- research for this as well, I just had in my mind that Phil's most of Phil's are gonna be family guy related. But <laughs> or Fast and Furious related, obviously. But yeah. um but yeah, so he started off strong. Okay, nice one. Old fella old yellow, sorry, is your um your worst 100%, dog, right? Go to your, go to your third then, ranked best dog. And then the best dog, as tired as he is getting now, I'm really looking back to those first few seasons, and it's Brian from Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was weighing up between him and Santa's Little Helper for this particular category, <laughs> and uh, Santa's Little Helper just, just you know, as as much as there was that great moment, you got to pet him so you can feel it. Um, <laughs> you know, iconic. There, there, there was a time where whose leg do you have to hump to get a dry martini around here was excellent and funny <laughs> and everything and, and, and not just a pale shadow of the show it once was. So, uh, you Before know. Before he became the, the sanctimonious voice piece, voice piece for Seth MacFarlane yes. himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know what that novel? <laughs> you know what that novel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of thing. But, but yeah, at the beginning he was, he was excellent. So what, let's say, uh, you know, the the millennial ten years of of Brian, um, yeah, yep, great, good call. I, I actually I would have probably I would have put put everything I own on on Brian being your number one, given your your affinity to uh, to Family Guy. So just uh, you wait, son. Just yeah, I'm excited. Wait. I'm very excited. <laughs> no, I met I met uh, I met Seth MacFarlane once in uh, in Hollywood. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was drunkard and it was for a split second and I got a photo with him where half my face is out because my colleague Amazing. was drunk and took a bad photo, but met him. So, you know, um, I kind of, so, so I have met Brian, not to rub it in. Okay. Not to rub it in. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Adzo. Yes. Okay. So I did, I did the top three good dogs and the top three bad dogs and all of mine are from the movies. So that of was what I are. gave myself. Have to be movie dogs, not TV dogs. Movie dogs. So start, starting with the bad dogs first, yeah. because that's where we're going. And I gotta say, I had a lot more fun with the bad dogs. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Fun, there's a it? lot of really good fun bad. Dogs I'm really interested there. to see if ours cross over. I thought like ours might, but anyway, let's let's see where you go. Well, I'm gonna start off, and I'm I'm pr- pretty sure no one would have else, no one else would have picked that. But Gamork, 
which is the dog slash wolf from the never-ending story. The evil dog that chases down Atreyu. Now, terrifying to the six-year-old me who watched this movie the first time. It was supposed to be a kid's movie, and yet here he is. This horrific, green-eyed, fanged psychopath. Not to mention, from an uncomfortable philosophical point of view, as a servant of the nothing, he's a nihilist, content with the destruction of the entire universe. And you know what I say? Say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. So, (laughs) Jamork, the dog from NeverEnding Story, is my number three bad dog. And Adam my number, and my right. number a little big Lebowski. I, big Lebowski in there as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, sorry, go Phil. Honestly, not only did you go super, super deep with it, but you went full circle from the never-ending story song from um <laughs> from last from, week. From last week. <laughs> that's that's next level stuff, dude. Me, but <laughs> and in, yeah. the, in terms of good dogs and uh Okay, I'm going to say Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. And I could probably end up there. Oh, nice. I'm sure everyone yes. is right now nodding, thinking, of course he's in the top three. He's the perfect counterpoint to the eccentric inventor Wallace, possibly even the brains of the whole operation. He's handy with a cracker. He knows his way around the moon. He's not above a little sabotage when it comes to bringing down an illegal food canning operation. Plus, he outsmarted the serial thief penguin, and nobody else can say that. So, Gromit. Wallace and Gromit, number three with a ball. Solid. Solid. Wow. Um, yeah, okay. I'm um, yeah, some more to be continued. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. All right, my I number knew th- this one was gonna get contentious. Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> to no, be no. continued. Uh, look, 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 Wallace and Gromit, I have to say, never watched the show. So I wouldn't even be able to tell you about it, but I understand you it's big at and least watch the three movies. No, Wrong never trousers, them. Grand Day never Out, them. and Close Shave were all amazing. Never watch them. Sorry, never watch them. Uh, my number three, uh, this is where you might cross over. My number three, uh, worst dogs of all time, is Precious from Silence what, of from the Lambs. What, from Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> yeah. Did you have that, Adzo? No, I don't. Uh, good. So this little bitch of a Bichon Frise, that's the breed. Yep, it is. Tormented, tormented the victims. Yep. Uh, obviously, it was um, there was something so creepy about this cute little, you know, white puffball, yeah. um, who was the, you know, obviously was the was the was the, was the toy was- piece of Buffalo Bill. And uh, what, what was the line? You know, when he held it, the um, dog in the basket or. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Put the dog in the basket, but the line was it puts the lotion on its skin or else let's get the hose again. But yeah, she brought the the dog down with a bit of um, chicken bone on string. Yeah, yeah. And I know that dog didn't didn't commit murders, but I'm not I'm not necessarily gonna say that dog wasn't cannibalistic. I'm not gonna (laughs) say that dog didn't eat eat the skin and 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 the flesh. Yeah. But it doesn't matter about it's the reasons as why it was, you know, Buffalo Bill's dog. It was still there, and that bitch is evil. So number three for me, Precious from Silence yeah. of the Lambs. A great Solid. pick, and I don't know yeah. if you guys can relate to this little bit of tr- movie trivia at all, but uh, Joe Dante's movie The Burbs is one of my absolute favorite horror comedies. You love that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Precious from Silence of the Lambs plays the dog Queenie in The Burbs. <laughs> There you and go. I, and I, I happen to just know that off the cuff. So, <laughs> so Queenie, in fact, is no, the dog itself. Be, yeah, the dog <laughs> itself. <laughs> well, the dog's actual name is Dala. 
You'll be okay. happy to know. And Dala sadly passed away in 1992, but at the ripe old age of 17 for a dog. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, died in, in uh, Thousand Oaks, California. So respect to you, Dala. Uh, my number three uh, best dogs of all time, homage to you, Phil. You mentioned him. Santa's little helper. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is... He was He's the dog. I never, I didn't have a dog. I never owned a dog, but I felt like The Simpsons obviously was probably the most important show to the three of us growing up. Um, and, you know, Santa's Little Helper was the dog that um, had episodes dedicated to him. God, you know, for Adzo and I, who who, who wouldn't, who didn't mind a, a little greyhound track trip from time to time, <laughs> he was a little greyhound. Yeah. He was, he was the dog that came dead last. Um, he was, was the, the Christmas gift. Yeah, it was the inspiration. He he was the centerpiece of so many fantastic episodes. The dog itself, he was a piece of shit. Like he didn't listen to his owners, no. but he, God, he loved his owners, didn't he? He loved the yeah. family. He did. And um, and yeah, it's funny. As soon as I thought of like any dogs, because I've again I've never owned a dog. So any, the first thing I thought of, and I'm not making this up, the first thing I thought of when I thought of dogs, awesome dogs. Santa's Little Helper just rocked up in my head. <laughs> and that just shows you how, like, influential Santa's Little Helper and The Simpsons have been in my life. So, yeah. number three. And honestly, Tristan. Santos um, El Helper. Tristan, as a, as a testament to Santa's Little Helper, all I heard from you was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> exactly. Influential. Blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, Phil. Beautiful. So, moving on to category number two, which is dogs in real life. And Ooh. so, the worst dog in real life is that dog that chased me on my bike when I was 10. <laughs> uh, so, so um, this is, you know, as a, as a young lad on Bribe Island, I would be getting around on my bike all the time. This was, this was, this was the way of things. And uh, I was uh, wandering along in, in a new suburb. We just moved to Banksia Beach. And uh, I was headed along a nice, long, straight stretch of road, just chilling out, you know, really just enjoying wind in my hair. And this dog came absolutely fucking legging it <laughs> from behind the bushes of one house and was just going for my ankles. And no matter how fast <laughs> I kept going, that thing just kept speeding up and speeding up. Uh, I finally got away and it gave up chase, but that dog appeared in my nightmares for at least two years after that. It was like just came out of that yard like a hound out of fucking hell. Jesus. So, uh, you know, the worst, the absolute worst. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, I get it. And fuck that dog. And if you're listening, we're after you, buddy. We're 100%. after you. I mean, that dog's been dead for a long time, but yes. By now, but you know. Yes. You don't know that we, you know, you don't know what happens after we die. We might face that face that dog again. That dog might be listening, and some people <laughs> believe that we come back as animals, and the vice versa. So you know that dog could actually be listening in heaven. And just so you know, the Freedman Podcast, we're after you, pal. We're after Tristan, you. Okay, so just Bribey Island. This was definitely a dog. It wasn't say <laughs> either a dingo or just a pathetic. <laughs> It may have been either of those things. <laughs> and, in fact, it might have been a meth-addicted dingo. Uh, uh, so, yeah, good call. Good yeah, call. Yeah. Might have been. Um, and so on the good dog hey. from real life is my dog, Bonnie, no. that I grew up with. Uh, uh, and so my lovely miniature poodle, Bonnie, that, I, that we got when I was uh, probably about 12, 13, I think. So maybe that's when the nightmares stopped. <laughs> uh, and uh, me being a pretty classic 12, 13-year-old boy, I'm sitting there and we, 
mum and dad want to get the fluffy dog, you know, uh, the miniature yep. poodle. Yep. And I'm like, not the girly dog. Yeah, no, <laughs> what are we getting the girly dog for? This is the worst. And then, like, within 24 hours, I'm running along the beach with Bonnie going, this dog is the greatest thing that ever happened <laughs> to all of existence. Um, and she was a good girl right the way through her life. She was truly, you know, one of those dogs that was just the Aww. family. Oh, the so, family. Yeah. And added family. so much to all of our lives. So uh, much love, Bon. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Respect, Bon. Uh, didn't know ya. Wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. But it was definitely a dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my childhood dog, the meth addicted dingo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, number two, and I'm going to go back to bad dogs, of course. So making this a joint second place, and it's important that they're joint, is the terror dogs from Ghostbusters 1 who consumed Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis, the gatekeeper and keymaster for Goza the Gozerian. Now, these guys are some pretty scary shit for a campy 80s comedy. Now, I have gone back and watched Ghostbusters, as I like to do every couple of years. They don't look so scary anymore. But i got to tell you, back in the 80s, pretty, pretty scary shit, those dogs. Do you remember them? Fuck you, dude. That was my number two. Wow. Fuck you. <laughs> Really? And it was the number two as yep. well. That's amazing. Yep. I had Zool and Vins. Vins I had it all going. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I do, I do like that Adzo's gone full of cult so far. You know, he's got the nihilist <laughs> hellhound and the, and the and the ghost dogs, basically. Well, they're they're the ghost dogs, so, you know. Adzo and I are best mates for a reason. We're, we're very much on the same wavelength. And we and I, I promise you, we did not talk about this beforehand. Oh, shit, but no. Um, we never do. I, 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 we, <laughs> yeah, you communicate. Yeah, listeners are like golf. Listeners are like you guys are fucking idiots. All right, so I the reason why I had number two was again that was that scene where she opens up the fridge oh, and yeah. when she's home by herself is just like the scariest. I that yeah. gave me nightmares as a kid. Yeah. That was the start of it, right? From when the and eggs start frying on the counter and then the fridge, you know, she opens the fridge and the dog's in there. And it's just like, Zool. it's like, oh shit, this got real. When that, yeah, the, the eggs was kind of like, I can, I can, I can be okay with this because it was kind of the start of it. But when yeah. she did it and then she gets sucked in, she got sucked into the door, wasn't it? Yeah. Not yeah, the yeah. Fridge. yeah. Um, no, continue. Look, you've taken on my two. You continue. You know more about this stuff than I do. All I know is yeah. that it brought the marshmallow man, but yeah. But- Interestingly enough, on that in that scene where the fridge opens and the and the dogs inside is that on the countertop, along with the frying eggs, is a big pack of Stay Puffed marshmallows. Is that, there? That, ah, that is that's the awesome. Prince the Marshmallow Man letter in the movie. Uh, but no, I, I, I have nothing more to add uh, to the to the two terror dogs, but uh, they were definitely my number two. Ah, uh, it was it was so it was God. Original Ghostbusters is such a good film. Yeah, and. That whole it has, that no, was, it has no right to be as good as it is. It's lightning in a bottle. It just all the fact that they redid it together. and butchered yeah. it is is a travesty. And Rick Moranis up against the the window and all of, that's just one of the great scenes yeah. where he's up against the wall, he's <laughs> like begging to be let in as the dog's going to eat him. Nice doggy, nice doggy. <laughs> and he gets dragged away, and they just look at each other and just all start eating again. <laughs> the music starts again. That violinist comes in. Amazing. And what's 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 really nice about the the attempt at remaking um, Ghostbusters 
is that they remade it um, and they had the all-female cast and it yeah. was absolutely atrocious, but everybody tried to say that the reason you were saying it was atrocious was because you were sexist. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's really nice of them that they're doing another one now that's not an all-female cast, so that can be atrocious and we can just say stop trying to what? recapture lightning in a bottle, you useless... They're There's doing a new it again, one and it's actually yeah. being directed by um, the. Please son tell me of it's the, the... the, it's the Ivan Reitman's son. The, yeah, the son of the original director is now doing a new, new remake. Oh uh, no! And it, it's, it's, but it's it completely ignoring the um, uh, the all female Ghostbusters remake. So oh no! Yeah. Well, doing I'm just it again. The, the only what are you I up to? Just out here flogging this dead horse. <laughs> Please tell me it's JJ Abrams doing it. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. it's not. But it looks very. It's got the kid from Stranger Things in it. So. Oh, yeah. well, that's good. Okay, well then Finn we're fine. Wolfhard. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah mate, in terms of good dogs, uh, yep. my number two, Brandy, the loyal pit bull owned by stuntman Cliff Booth, in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Now this dog, she steals the show when she completely tears the shit out of two of Charlie yes. Manson's henchmen, fearless, loyal, meticulously trained. The dog that played her even went on to win the Palm Dog at Cannes, which apparently is a thing. Uh, and uh, all in all, a cracker of a dog. Who could forget the finale when she finally got to really bear her jaws? Amazing. What a dog. Number two. A Tarantino dog, strap in. A Tarantino dog in every sense of the word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I need 100%. to I need to watch this movie. This is the second week in a row that we've talked about once upon a time in Hollywood. No, I haven't. You gotta okay. watch it, dude. No, it's, it's a, a good time. It's a bit longer yeah. than your average Kanye album, but it's pretty good. <laughs> but only slightly. <laughs> uh so okay. Yeah, good. I that, can't no, comment on it. So you guys two and a half hours because there is it's a it's a bit masturbatory where there's just a lot of like sweeping landscapes of the of Hollywood in the was it the sixties, seventies film? Is it about the seventies? Seventies, I think. Yeah. Um it's like yeah, this, yeah, the golden yeah. age of when Hollywood was just a little bit magical and it's his love letter yeah. to that era of Hollywood. I yeah. adored it, my wife not yeah. so much. Um, yeah. but see, it was yeah. it's split right some people hated it people either hated it or they loved it i think is, well one of the thing consensus. was it really it's it's a strong reference to sharon tate and the uh, charles manson murders um at the yeah. time and if you go in not knowing a single thing about that you're not going to get the movie so at least know that such a thing happened do a little yeah. do, read the wikipedia article on uh, on charles manson before you go and that's important. okay all yeah. right We'll do that. All right. Well, to what was the dog's name again? Brandy, was it? Brandy. Brandy. All right. Mm. Well, uh, shout right. out to Brandy. Um, so, T-Man, right. we know what your number two worst dog was. <laughs> yeah. So no, no need to repeat this. I'll go. So, okay. It's really, it's quite interesting. And I don't, maybe, slight theory that maybe I'm broaching on Adzo's number one with this because he was yeah. setting it up, but I don't know. But my number two, which links back, to uh, Adzo's number three, uh, bad worst dog, which was uh, what was the name of the dog? Gamork. Gamork, yeah. Yeah. So my number two good dog is Falcor, the dragon white dog yep. in the never ending story, linking yep. it back to Adzo's reference, linking it back to last week's pod, which was the book we never mentioned. Um, Falcor. To one of our favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. Where the dog, the dogmobile, the head of the dogmobile was the original Falcor head yep. that they remade. 
Shout out to one of my favorite shows, Workaholics, where in one of the episodes they turn his Volvo into a Falcor uh, because <laughs> they do a whole homage to 80s TV shows and movies trivia Wonderful. night. Um, but no, this this was the name um, Falcor. Came, was, the original German name from the show was called Fucha, which is derived from the Japanese Fukuryu, which means white giant dog. And right? um, holy shit, and I've done your Wikipedia so, this week. That's 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 actually pretty amazing because for a second there, I was just sort of contemplating on the fact that the, it was a dog dragon. No, it was a dragon Falcor. dog. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, so they're just like, what are all the cool things? It's like falcons and, and dogs and dragons, <laughs> and they're like, let's just put it all together. But actually, <laughs> actually, there's a there's a Japanese root word for uh, a, giant white dog. To that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you and if you can't go past. Um, if you can't go past this description of Falcor being optimistic, friendly, dignified, helpful, and wise, trying to help Bastion remember to never give up and good luck will find you, you find me a better dog. I mean, I do in my number one. But <laughs> Obviously, there's one better dog. But this yeah. motherfucker comes in. The best thing about Falcor was, I mean, how good was that ending? How good was the ending of the movie? I when mean, he chases uh, the bullies. When, when he chases, chases the, the bullies. bullies. The yeah. yeah. How yeah. good was yeah. that? That was the first time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> obviously. We're getting a little heavy, boy. <laughs> so apparently the in-universe information, this is called, in one word, the species is white dog. Okay. So it is a white dog dragon. White dog. Yeah. So shout out to Falcor. And yeah, I had mentioned and I had it in brackets because I didn't want to, it wasn't part of my total top three worst dogs, but I had Gamork in brackets. Because did that, you really? That, yeah, I did. <laughs> and that dog freaked the shit out of me. Thank that was you. like the that was like the terror dogs in in, in Ghostbusters. Gamork fucking scared the shit out of me in Gamork the storm. Was an incredible puppet. Like consider yeah. it's just a marionette, a puppet. But it looks incredibly good, and yeah, the chase through the swamp uh, before Falcor rescues Atreyu after uh, Artex has been killed—amazing! Such a great yeah. I so actually, I, I was told recently not to rewatch Neverending Story because it doesn't age well, and I went, you know, one of those. Well, I guess I have to watch it now. You know what? It's fucking still great. Still tell great. That, whoever said that, tell them to go fuck right off. Yeah, you know what I mean. The yeah. dog act is what it was. Yeah. The do- yeah. <laughs> All right, Phil, bring it Honestly, home for us, baby. Adzo, did you get any sleep last night taking down all of these dog puns? <laughs> I got to bed around 11, 1130. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. A swing and a miss. Uh, so um, my me, number one worst dog is the defining dog of disappointment. Mm. His name is Benji. And he can go fuck himself. <laughs> can I? All right, listeners, can I just make a quick little side note here? As soon as I mentioned that this week's segment was it was International Dog Day, the first thing Phil wrote back was Benji can fuck right off. And I think so we're going to wail on Benji, right? <laughs> I can't wait till we're rich and famous and we we're sharing all of our WhatsApp chatters with our on our Twitter spheres, but I, so people can see this. But Phil immediately said. Benji can fuck right off. So I just put my, I put my hands up and said, Benji's all yours, buddy. Yeah. So explain to me why you hate Benji so much. Okay. All right. This is going to get personal, boys. It's 2008. This is going to get personal. So, so I was a young man. I went to the video store. 
and yeah. uh, I was a fan of many dog-related movies. And uh, I, I was, I was at the video store and, and young, but perhaps not young enough for, for somebody renting this movie. But there it was, that shining star, Benji, on the shelf on VHS. And I was like, oh my god, I've heard all about this amazing Benji movie. And uh, so I rented it, and I got it home, and I was really excited to have my first adventure with Benji. Now, there were multiple Benji movies. I don't remember which Benji movie this was, but it went into the VHS, and it started, and some beautiful grand opening music began to play, and uh, Benji got a little bit lost in the forest, and then the VHS cut out, and the tape broke. <laughs> And it was done and it was over. <laughs> and there was no Benji for me to watch. And it was the only movie I rented that day. And I was left oh. all day after that in pure fucking boredom and lack of Benji. Oh, Jesus. Now, the defining characteristic of a dog is that they never let you down. They always love you. They're always with you. But Benji, Benji let me down. And for that... He can go fuck himself. Have, there is no doubt in my mind that you like this is one of those things you see fucking psych psychiatrists and psychologists yeah, about. Right. Yes. You've obviously been harboring this. This is like one of those things where where did the dog touch you? Something like that. <laughs> like back in the line. You in my heart, Tristan. In my heart. That's where it touched me. Plunge the knife right into my heart. And funny, yes, I've been to therapy. And no, it's not helping. The funny thing is, um The funny thing is. Benji was one of those, <laughs> was one of the movies I used to rent it. I think it was the library. They had all the Benji movies oh, at yeah, the library. Mm, yeah. Nice, nice. And, and uh, so I have a I have a very fond memory of of renting these out, and I had only only happy memories. No, no, at no point did it fuck up in my VHS player. At no point did uh, did I never not get to watch it. You know what? It Honestly, was... Tristan, that just makes me angrier. I know it does. Um, That's why I'm saying that. Just it. makes me angrier because he's playing favorites. <laughs> so um, fuck Can Benji. I... Can I tell you Fuck something? Benji. Have you, you wouldn't have watched this because I don't really see any conceivable reason why anyone would, but there is a newer version of Benji that came out on Netflix maybe oh. a year or two years ago. And so we decided like we were just home on a Saturday afternoon, the kids were bored, like, hey, Benji, let's put this on, you know, like we don't want to watch, we're putting on Benji. Horrible, like not horrible in terms of like, I mean, it was, it wasn't a good movie, but it was like, Really dark and depressing. There was this these is the new Benji, is it? Yeah. Wait, so hold on, hold on for a second, Tristan. Yeah. Can I just check something here? Yeah. They made a new Benji movie. Yeah. But the old Benji movies were in the nineties. Yeah. And dogs live for twenty years. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is the Netflix one called Weekend at Benji's? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> pop the bubble for for, for poor <laughs> Phil. I'm a Benji's past, my friend. Long but interestingly enough, the um the guy that made the Benji reboot is Brandon Camp. He's the son of Joe Camp, who was the original Benji director and creator. Wow, so it, there you it go. runs in the family. It should have been it's, good, but apparently it's a Ghostbusters situation. It's a Ghostbusters situation. Yeah, it is. That absolutely is. Um, it's only that way. Yeah, well, you know no what? Other. Honestly, it was so good with only cats. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be the ultimate fuck you to Benji. I'd be on board with that. Moving right along to my number one dog, okay, which is also it. in the childhood films flick, which was the opposite. This this was the dog that never let me down, and it is oh. Otis from Milo and Otis. Yes. Oh, uh, wow. Wait, which one? Because they killed 11 making it. 
Edward's last one of them. It was my favourite. That one with green eyes. I love them all equally, um, and uh, and we don't want to know how many of them they killed in the process of making that movie. Um, But what I can say is, and and I mean this in no uncertain terms, I watched that movie at least Uh, seventy times. Oh yeah, I loved it in my childhood. Probably a hundred. Narrated by never let me down. It was so good. Always lifted my spirits. Yeah. That particular bit where they're in the icy thing and he's getting the the fish off the wall and whatnot. Yeah. Just, I mean, that was the cat, but but um, so the cat died doing that. The fish fell in him. But um, yeah, the, I'm the really scene, happy the scene you mentioned where they it. The bear. Yeah, that was that was four yep. cats, four cats yep. and three dogs in that scene alone. Here comes the dog, strong and brave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this and conversation. He falls in the hole, and then he I'm, falls in the hole. It was amazing. I'm loving the fact that Phil's just in this, you know, this childhood dream of love and, and affinity and Adam's just counting can, how many animals can, died in those. Can you just somebody, it's a great combo. Wikipedia, how many, how many animals died in the creation of Milo and Otis because it was more say, than a couple. Was Milo and Otis the reason why they had to create that whole clause, no animals were harmed in the making of this movie? Is I wonder <laughs> if that's what started it off. So yeah, nice, nice pick, Phil. I like yeah. it. Look, I loved that movie, and I hang shit on it now, obviously. But it was a different time, an innocent time when I first watched it, and I would have watched. There were there were parts of that movie that was so cute, I would immediately stop the tape, rewind it, you know, forty five seconds, and watch it again because it was yeah. just that good. So yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of people don't know this, but there was actually a sequel to Milo and Otis called All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> actually, that was a Benji franchise, my friend. I think they're all dead now, dude. That was just a, that, no. That was just a joke about Adzo talking about all the dead dogs going to heaven. Uh, <laughs> let's not let's not invoke Benji again. Thank you very much. At fuck least Benji. they all die in the end. It wasn't just hashtag the, fuck Benji. The stars moving right on. <laughs> uh, is, is it well me? I'm going to wrap it up with my bad dogs, and I'm yes. going to go starting off with the bad dogs, the granddaddy of them all. I'm talking Cujo. The tragic tale of a once gentle St. Bernard who caught the hot dose of the Ray Rays and then just started <laughs> fucking shit up. First attacking and killing the neighbor and then just anyone who would come and check out the commotion right up to the sheriff in town. Finally, he trapped the wrong pissed off mum in her car who ended up impaling him with a broken baseball bat and then shot him in the head. A tragic end for man's best friend. Cujo, in many ways, you're a bad dog. But you got a special place in my heart. Is 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 this something we watched, Adzo? No, no, I don't think you and I ever watched Cujo. Cujo's like a really old movie. It's based yeah. on a very old Stephen King book. Yeah, uh, it might have been. No, it was a book. It wasn't a short story. Uh, yeah. I think it was an eighties kind of movie. Big St. Bernard. Um, yeah. The book differs from the movie a little bit. It's a bit darker, but uh, yeah, big dog kills a bunch of people. Everyone has a few laughs. It's great. <laughs> It sounds like a very similar storyline to uh, the Sandlot Kids and the the dog that, that <laughs> keeps stealing all the balls. Actually, yeah. I, I seem to recall it getting impaled and shot in the face. Um, <laughs> anyway. uh, what, what's your okay? That brings up a slight, slight little segue. I was interested in your take, Adzo, on Pet Cemetery and any of the dogs that. Uh, speaking of Stephen King, and the any new of, one? Uh, I, I I don't think I've actually watched any of okay, them. But, um, I got to tell yeah. you, not a lot of dogs in Pet Cemetery. There's a cat. Okay. Yeah. The cat, they they uh, they bury the dead cat, and the cat comes back to life, and the cat's all like mean and shit. 
and then the little kid gets hit by a truck and the dad buries the little kid and the little kid comes back to life and it's oh, like God. A, a fucking monster. It's actually, okay. it was written by Stephen King in one of his absolute lowest depressed suicidal times and it's a tragic, tragic story, but the movie's pretty fun. So okay. um, I check it out. Yeah, good times. Oh, okay, <laughs> good times. And then, no, they they remade Pet Cemetery. I think about four, maybe five years ago. Um, but yeah, the old classic Pet Cemetery is definitely the superior. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, yeah. all right, uh, all right, Kujo, Kujo, Kujo's my bad yeah. dog, and okay. uh, my my good dog, my top dog, my top good dog, uh, is going to go to Hooch. From Turner and Hooch. Nice. The little burr of fur and drool. It was the thorn in the side to the young, no-nonsense upstart Detective Turner, played by Tom Hanks, of course. So after fucking up his apartment, trashing his car, eating all of his food, he still manages to wingman Hanks into a hookup with a local vet before finally being shot to death by local thugs while saving his life. It's a heartbreaking end to the movie that I watched while just 10 years old. And I remember scream crying mm-hmm. the ending of that movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even I didn't even manage to like my parents couldn't even console me uh, to the little afterwards in the movie where they show oh look but there's a puppy and it looks just like Hooch because Hooch had a baby. I was done. I was a mm-hmm. ruin after that movie. But uh, mm-hmm. Hooch, you were one of the good ones, mate. And I'm giving you my number one spot. I still remember that scene when he, you know, he's really anal and he the hooch gets on the bed and he does that slobber scene and he yeah, shakes his head his and the goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's Hanging a the post and yeah. There's a Disney Plus series right now. Good good news. Disney have done something different. They've rebooted um the original. Oh great. And they've turned it into a television series. Yeah. Uh and it features uh, uh Turner and Hooch. And, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's strange. a six part series. I uh <laughs> I, I actually put put it on because I thought the kids would like it. They were bored after twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah, but I I agree. The dogs dying doesn't doesn't do well with humans, with does it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I similarly, I do remember when Hooch died. It was just horrible. I remember seeing it in the cinema and just being just <clears throat> devastated. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know they got the puppies. Life goes on. Blah blah blah. Um, Look, if it affects watched- people so much. Sorry to jump in, but it affects yeah. people so much that there's actually a website called DoesTheDogDie.com where before <laughs> you go and see a movie, you can yeah. Google the movie. Well, you can put the movie into DoesTheDogDie.com and it will just tell you whether or not a dog dies in it. And if there's no dogs dying, well, fine, I'll go and see it. But if you know it does, like Turner and Hooch, maybe give it a miss. That's Shout actually... Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Hopefully, we've got some sponsorship from that. They can buy us a few beers. Yeah, or a collar, <laughs> or a, collar. a flea bath. <laughs> some beer, some some of that uh, dog beer that I was talking about before. <laughs> uh, Someone's got to subsidise these backers, six packs of yours, boys. So, uh, just in just before I move on to my my f- number ones, um, I, there was a flight Sydney to Los Angeles. Uh, I'm flying. This is in the time before children. And uh, my wife yeah, and I, ago. long, long, long ago, the time yeah. before time. And, uh, you know, we're somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. We're watching movies. And uh, Lindy and I start putting on Marley and Me or whatever it was called, the one with yeah. uh, Jennifer Aniston. Fucking hated that and, movie. Um, Owen Wilson as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I was about, I don't know, I started the movie about half an hour before Lindy did. And uh, I watched it and then I turned it off and, uh, you know, Lindy Sinead was like, oh, you finished? Like, yeah. I'm like, just turn it off in the last 10 minutes. It can end <laughs> with 10 minutes to go. 
And uh, of course, she didn't. And she watched it. And I remember like turning in our in our seat in our seats. I looked at her, and she was just you know you know in an aeroplane, ugly crying, <laughs> ugly crying. The, the tears are flowing down. I'm like, yeah, watch the whole movie, didn't you? She's like, why did the dog have to die? I'm like, I warned you, dude. I warned you. It was yeah. a very like because the because Marley was such a centerpiece of that film. It was, that, but it was um, a bad dog. That's the thing I don't oh, get. Yeah, Everyone talks a... about how, oh, Molly and Mia was so sad when the dog died. I'm like, it was a bad dog. True. I had, I felt nothing. I felt True. nothing for that dog when it died. Fuck I'm like, you, Molly. Well, thank God for that yeah. because you've been nothing but a piece of shit this whole movie. Now, you, you, you point me, you find me a, a, a copy of As Good As It Gets when, when Jack Nicholson's dog dies, and I'll cry from here to the end of the, end of the earth, but not for Molly and me. Not this little black duck. For me, for me, <laughs> the the and I know we're we're, we're sort of side transitioning into dog yeah. deaths here, but yeah. but uh, but for me, the one that hit home, and honestly, I think it was the first time I cried in a movie in like ten years when that when that one dropped in, and that was I Am Legend. Oh, yes, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took out his own German Shepherd, who's turning into yeah, a man. vampire. And they basically spend an hour and a half showing how this dog is the only thing left in this man's world. Yeah, yeah that was that a tough is bringing watch. any light whatsoever, and then he has to. It's just. Yeah, but that's yeah, Will. That's more Will Smith than the dog, bro. You feel for Will Smith, bro. That's what Will Smith. Will Smith is the Kanye West of the movie industry. Yeah. You he know? is actually like the last remnants of his yeah. own movie career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call, guys. Good call. Um, all right, number Savage. ones for me. I'm actually really excited about my number ones. I thought you guys would have these, but um, I'm glad that you didn't. Um, my number one uh, worst dog of all time. It's an obvious one. I can't believe you guys didn't get it. Is it Hitler's uh, dog? Of course it is. It's Blondie, Hitler's Blondie, dog. Hitler's dog. <laughs> I knew it was going to be for you. I'm like, should I put Blondie in for Hitler's dog? Nah, just no. will have it. Simpsons already said it. You know, of course there are dogs that go to hell. Um, Hitler's dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And one of the lassies. <laughs> so, Timmy. Fuck you, Blondie. You stupid piece of shit. You were Adolf Hitler's German shepherd. I know that you were a gift as a <laughs> the puppy. Lassie but <laughs> fuck you. Um, and I don't know. I, this I didn't quite know. Um, you probably did. Um, he so, poisoned it. Yeah. So Hitler yeah. Hitler had doubts about the cyanide capsules that he had been given if he was going to die in a in a in a bunker. So he ordered um he ordered that to be tested on Blondie, who died as a result. So I know it's not your fault, Blondie, but it's until the dog. <laughs> Fuck you, Blondie. He wasn't evil enough. <laughs> poison my dog before I eat the poison. I don't want the poison to hurt me. Oh my god, seriously this guy, Hitler. The more I learn about this guy, the more I think he's just a bad egg. What a fucking prick this guy was. Um I and then, he was a great artist though. <laughs> no, oh, number still too one. Soon? Yeah. Is number still one. Too soon? Yeah. My yeah. number one. I'm so actually I just kind of came up with a potentially an alternative number one, but I'll put that in my honorable mentions afterwards. My number one. Drum roll is yeah, Buck from Married with Children. Oh, such was, a good pick. He was such a good yeah, pick. I was very excited about this. He was Al's companion. He took Al's money, and I can say this he had his own without voiceover. He, without he had his own voiceover. Who the hell did that in those days? And mm. I can say this without any repercussion possible. He had his own band of bitches. 
he had bitches coming up to <laughs> his did. room. You, you know, whenever those moments where he'd be like, because Bud would come in and Bud would be like, oh, I've got a hot date. And everyone would, woo! And Buck with his voiceover would be like, well, I've got my own hot date too. And he'd go upstairs and some little poodle would follow him upstairs. <laughs> There'd always be like some guy in the crowd doing that whole, ow! <laughs> You can't write that fucking comedy anymore, dude. I think I, I think I said on the pod like a few, maybe last year. I was talking about how I watched. You were racing with to watch all the Married with Children before they pulled them off. What was it, Stan or Prime or something? On Prime, and it's Prime, just so yeah. politically incorrect. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it would not stand. It's it's we'd get way too woke on its ass, and it would it would die. But um, Buck was Buck was the perfect dog for that family. So great. for me. Um, Married Children was was one of my was it's still and will always be one of my favorite shows of all time. And Buck, salute to you, my friend. Um, couple of honorable mentions, which I sort of you know throwing out there. If anyone has any others, Milo yeah. from The Mask, he was super cool. Yeah, um, yeah he's good. Nice. He's the same dog as the uh, Jack Russell in The Artist. Who, oh, uh, same yeah. dog. Specifically same, the same dog. Specifically the same dog, yeah. Wow, okay. That's yeah. much later. So he, he lived a good life. He did. Um, yeah. I also, you know, obviously uh, Anonymous would be very upset if we didn't mention Air Bud or the Buddy movies. Yeah. But, um, you know. Uh, so Anonymous would be upset if I didn't mention My Dog Skip, which he and I watched together while really drunk one <laughs> night. And then I remember looking at each other with sort of like glassy eyes at the end after, my, after Skip died and like, you're right. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. Um, Game of Thrones. Uh, this could have gone either way. So you could have had best dogs. Could have been, the, you know, obviously the, the the snow dogs or the wolves or whatever. The, the white, whatever. Dire wolves. What were they? The, the, the dire, dire wolves. wolves. Yeah. The dire yeah, wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were pretty cool. What about um, Ramsey Bolton's dogs? The ones yeah. that he, you know, got to eat everybody. Well, I was kind of thinking like the, I got split, so I was going to nominate, and then I was like, "Where do I put them?" Because they're either like super like worst dogs yeah. ever, but, but they, they also, also ate Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're kind of super yeah, cool. They didn't. They they had a much better redemption arc than Hitler's dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs> you know, Great. they got to redeem themselves at the end. Agreed. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Adzo just came up with this with this as we were recording. Um, we should give a quick little shout out to shithead uh, from the jerk, Steve Martin's the jerk, uh, oh, with, with his little dog that dog. Yeah. <laughs> that just fucking hates Steve Martin the entire shithead. time. Yeah. <laughs> shithead and names is shithead. <laughs> Look, I, I just want to say, like, the jerk is quite an old movie, um, and here we are in the 2020s. I think it was in the 70s somewhere. It still stands up. If you haven't seen the jerk, go and watch the jerk. It is. Timeless, timeless comedy. Timeless comedy. Steve Martin at his best. It's it's sarcastic. It's it's just it's cute. It's fun, and it's just fucking hilarious. Check it out. And it has. And shit even though too. it sounds like it's in the case of that porn guy from earlier in the episode, it's actually <laughs> just a comedy movie. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Phil. Um, Full circle, baby. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the show, boys. Anything else before we uh, we say good night to our dear listeners? No, let's uh, let's just hear it for dogs. Yeah, canines. Look, above almost any one of the segments we've ever done before, there will be people shouting in, going, "What are you thinking? You've forgotten." Yeah, you know. Yeah, particular I reckon. Dog. I reckon we need to turn this into some sort of listicle thing. I don't know how to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get the youth on that and put it on to, look, here's our top list of dogs of all time. What do you reckon? 
Yeah. Oh, look, and to you know any I mean? listener that, is, that has made it two hours into this podcast, send in your favourite dogs. You're looking a little peachy. I think we should wrap it up. Are you saying it's a good time to back us out? See you later. Wrap it up, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Until the fellas start the name calling. And the girls respond to the call. I have a poor one shot on. Who let the dogs out? 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 I see the young people had a ball cause you really found us get out. Get back, Ruffy. Bash, Ruffy. Get back, you flee infested mongrel. Gonna tell myself I'm man, no, get angry. Two Eddie cows calling them K9. Hey! But they tell me, hey man, it's part of the party. You put a woman in front and a man behind. I have a woman shout out. Who let the dogs out? 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 Say, my doggy is not in your feet. Is on. I gotta get my groove on, come my mind, I'm gone Do you see the rays coming from my eye? Welcome to the prison, the Digimon is making them down Me and my white talk, short, dealing, can't see color Any color but you, I think I knew that's why they call